I was calling this a Cajun danger film. Cajun danger. Oh, guys, we, we are in some Cajun danger right now. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, and this is my co-host, Wendy, and we are here in Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, never a week passes when one of us isn't <laughs> visiting the other in the other's home state. Bilocational so, living. Bilocational living. So we are in Austin this week, and we have just attended the Phenomathon. Phenomathon 17. And we are joined by... Megan Murphy once again. Hey, great to be back. Yeah. Great yeah. to be butt numbing a fonding ing. Oh my god, I, think I need to sleep more. I think she's our BNAC official BNAC correspondent. Yes. Sorry, yes. Boots on the ground. I was here. I saw it all. I saw you guys see it all. Yeah. <laughs> Keep you honest. Yeah, Megan's from Rochester, New York, so this is like the one time of year we get to actually see her in the flesh. Yeah, I got, I got and uh, so we are we are together. We are yeah. united. We have gone through the button a together. And god. she was on our last year, but Amazon podcast, which is why. Yeah, is our returning yeah. star. Yeah, I'm the yeah. champ. So you are not trying to take me down. Yeah, I'll fight. Never going to take you down. <laughs> I'll fight. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's my spot. <laughs> I earned it. Uh, listeners, yeah, uh, as you <laughs> might remember from last year, we are recording this in the same. With the same stupidity. Um, so what has happened is, but Numathon 24 Hour Film Festival, we wrapped it up, probably all got back to our various beds around two-ish. And then Melissa and I are like, let's record a podcast. So we slept for maybe two and a half, three hours, woke up, showered, and now we are convening to talk about the movies we just saw. So all of us have been mostly awake for the last... 36 hours. Yeah, I, I woke up yesterday at about 7.30 in the morning because I helped uh, pack in everybody for Button I helped check in everybody with their badges. Um, but I feel like we should back up. Okay, so if you have not been listening to this <clears throat> podcast for more than a year and you don't know what Button is... But Numathon is a 24-hour film festival where uh, you walk into a movie theater at noon one day and you come out noon the next. And in between... Harry Knowles of Ain't Cool News shows you movies. You don't know what you're going to see. It could be old. It could be new. It could be awful. It could be fantastic. We don't know. And uh, so we just got done with this experience. And um, <clears throat> people come from all over the, the country and all over the world to come to this thing. Uh, we, we see people from all over the country. And it's for, for Wendy and I who have been doing this for years. Um, Wendy's been doing this for 17 years now. Yeah. Um, Bravo, me, man. Me for 14. 
And uh, this is Christmas for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the gathering of the family. These are the people we haven't seen all year. And uh, everybody goes, yay! Yeah. And we hug. <laughs> and we hug again because we don't remember getting hugs before. And, um, <laughs> Have I hugged yeah. you yet? Yeah. Have yeah. I hugged you yet? And we, and we eat poorly. Uh, we, we make poor life choices together. But it is in the name of <laughs> unity and togetherness. And we have a lot of fun. So oh, that, yes. That, in a nutshell, <laughs> is what happens. If you do it together, it's okay. Yeah. Alone, people look at you like you're weird. Like yeah. if an entire theater's doing it's it, weird. yeah, if, now you're cool. If an entire okay. theater is happy doing it, it must be okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's like, you know, the movie Speed, that whole thing of like relationships built on traumatic experiences <laughs> are, are, are doomed not to last. But it's okay because we only see each other for like one full day a year. So our traumatic experience that binds us together will hold us together. Yes. We keep forever. repeating the traumatic <laughs> event just so it's fresh. <laughs> like every year, like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guys, I'm glad you're here. Blood is, <laughs> blood is thicker than water. And, and yeah. really, the, the true meaning of that is, you know, uh, bonds you found in war are stronger than family. Yeah. Which, which everybody gets wrong, you know. Yeah. And, and I feel like this B-net is thicker than water. You yeah. Know? yeah. We, we are bound together by our pain. We've seen some <laughs> shit together. Yeah. <laughs> We've been in the trenches. Yeah. You don't know, man. You weren't there. <laughs> Good, good lord, you didn't see the fruit of swelling like we did. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh god. That was a different year. That was a different year, thank god. So this is this year. This um, is this year. So pre-Bnet, everybody like goes out to breakfast. Mm-hmm. Then we start gathering starting around 9.30 or so. We're supposed to be in our seats around 11. We have to like get our uh, pay for our ticket. Our, the tickets, it is not free. It is meant to help fund the Saturday movie... Yeah, it's a it's a kids film program that, here in Austin that is run. Yeah. Um, but it also helps just pay for Buttonathon because it's not cheap to get these prints and all the other attendant things. And uh, so we all get in our seats around eleven, and it still takes a little while to kick things <laughs> off. It's supposed to start at noon, but really it starts earlier because we're not good at staying on time. Right. And uh, so everybody, and then everybody's in the theater and they're running around, they're saying hi, blah blah blah, and then eventually everybody's like, or Kristen's like. Get in your seats, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Get in your seats. Was there a standby? There was a standby. Everybody got in. Were there still seats left over? This yeah, there were There were eight seats that had not been, uh, in, that were remaining for standby, and they all got handed out. Oh, great. Yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. fantastic. That's just a different energy. Like, hey, you weren't even expecting the day before this to do this, and now you're here for 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because you yeah. guys are crazy, and I love you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, re- uh, remind me when we get into it to talk about the non-B-natters I ran into. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, yours. And ours, yes. What, the, nor- the normies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the normies who are walking by, what the hell is that? What um, is going on? But those two ladies were fascinated at the end. Oh, They're yeah. like, where are you guys coming from? It's so yeah. like in like their 50s or 60s. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, it's like 24, 24 hours? Yeah, we're in the same theater. They weren't like terrified. I was just like... Wow. Really? Yeah, like just like, wow. Yeah. So we'll and get into the normies. We'll get into yeah, the normies. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, because it's in a multiplex, um, there are other theaters that are showing regular <laughs> movies at the same time. And then there comes the great moment, the, the stretch during the night when y- the multiplex is empty and yeah. you have it all to yourself. It's just us. It is and, just us. And we are wandering around like ghouls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we emerge from the theater hollow-eyed and go, there's nobody around to witness what I just saw. And <laughs> some people sort of like like revenants, like yes. ghosts or ghouls, sort of drift into empty theaters to just sort of, oh, horizontal. Oh. 
<sighs> just for a little while. Just for a little while. We, we lost them. We can't go back for them. Leave them where they fell. Like the first people, it was not until like, but no, well, I mean, we have to get past the original Alamo where it was one theater. Right. Yeah. Like the Ritz, the year that we were at the Ritz where there were two theaters, there was this, you could feel this moment of light bulb when some people. people are like, there's an empty theater right over there where mm-hmm. there is plenty of space. I could lay down. Like once I commit to, I'm going to, I'm just going to take a, a nap break. I'm going to go do it there. So I'm not snoring near my neighbors. So I'm not leaning on them as I'm like mm-hmm. flopping over. It's like, and now, Aww. and now it's just like, where'd Pat go? Uh, she's in theater seven. She's <laughs> yeah. in a private screen. Don't worry about I, it. Yeah, we're, our bodies are scattered all over the floor. It's like war. It's like combat. <laughs> oh, that is true. In the middle of the night, if you'd come out to the lobby, you would have seen a bunch of us like having a slumber party on the floor of the lobby, just leaning up against, well, hey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this was a good year for that um, because, dear listeners, um, there were a lot of snafus in putting together the princess year, as, as, as we found out mm-hmm. later. Um, so we only had three new films and the remainder were all vintage. And, um, as I was uh, telling Wendy earlier of the 11 films we saw, I've seen five of them before. (laughs) So like, stop seeing movies, man. That's your problem. (laughs) That's actually on you. (laughs) (laughs) One of the, we turned out quick. Even one of the new ones. One of the new ones I'd seen before. Well, that, that's so. true. That, yeah. that, uh, one of the quote premieres played at Fantastic Fest. So both so. Melissa and I are like, oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I had a very um, uh, seen already heavy year. So I uh, chose a couple to sleep during and I feel much healthier for no. that. Yes. <laughs> so let's start with the yeah. first movie. So Harry kicked it off with. Gunga Din. Gunga Din. And because uh, we're so close to Star Wars, he was like given all the like how this really inspired Lucas and so many filmmakers. And Lucas just ripped off so many things like Gunga Din translates into Gungan and Jar Jar's accent is very much modeled on Sam Jaffe's. And and, yeah, just all the ties between. Uh, the Phantom Menace and this movie, and I'm like, you are not selling this movie to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but you don't have to sell this movie to me because Gunga Din truly is one of the classics. It's got Cary Grant, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., and Robert Robert McLaughlin. Am I remembering yeah, that name right? Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, that's the long guy. I don't know his name, but I like, I, I was like, I love this well, dude. Why the, do I know this it's dude? It's the dude from uh, uh, from The Quiet Man. It's the ah. brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Sam Jaffe is gunned in. Yeah, and it is this delightful uh, little movie. Not not necessarily delightful in the racial sense, but you know that it's an older film, and that's a, and a risk you have. Um, but it's it's about these um, British colonists in India who are uh, kind of th- these three guys who are kind of rough and tumble brothers and mm, brothers battle. in arms they're like brothers they're, in arms they're the they're the troublesome trio yes and uh they're they're going on an adventures and and it, eventually they wind up running into a thuggy cult and uh they, then you go into like temple of doom territory oh very much so. it's, it's basically yeah, it's a prequel yeah i'm like oh doom. this is what the thuggy cult was doing over here and they, like they, they worship kali yeah like yeah. i was like holy and crap like, kali like, ma. Yeah. Like, like, oh, okay Polar yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the one side effect of 
it being a vintage heavy year is that you just have to go, oh, there was a lot of racial imagery. Yeah. There's just because well, so yeah. much vintage stuff of, oh, I just saw that. Right. And like, um, and they yeah. refer to Gunga Din as the regiment's beastie. Yeah. Like he's yeah, not really human. Like, yeah. They treat him, they do treat him literally like a pet dog. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, he's so cute. He thinks he's a soldier. But we're watching it from like the imperialist colonial oh, side. Yeah. Cause I'm horrifying. watching it going, you know, I think the cult has, has a point, man. Yeah, like, like, I might not agree with their methods. But the cults got Yeah, that's their space. They've been there for thousands of years. I'm kind of siding with the indigenous peoples on this one. Yeah, and the one thing that was interesting is I I thought actually, um, I don't know the actor who played the leader of the cult, but like... He's he's like so white. Yeah, yeah. He's in blackface. (laughs) But I almost feel like the movie, like, I don't know if it's his performance or like, like there's a certain amount of like, you know, he's in control and he's like, he's not like, like a crazy madman in a weird way. He's like, hey... I've got a plan here, and then we're gonna get rid of you, and then like we gotta spread death because this is what has like this has always happened. Cleansing like, death. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I can get on. Well, not on board, but like, <laughs> I'll, I'll read your pamphlet. <laughs> um, but 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 you know, going back to the blackface thing. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I was like, what if I saw the lead? Like, oh, no. guys, yeah. Okay. The guy playing Gung Din is an old Jewish white guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, <laughs> yeah. There's some brown. Brown slash blackface going on. Oh yeah, that, that's that's going to happen. Um, you're gonna, it's based you're gonna on Rudyard Kipling's poem, and Rudyard Kipling shows up <laughs> at the end <laughs> yep. to witness the events so that he can write his poem about them. Um, it is very. It is still like a classic adventure film. Oh yeah, um, when you get down to it, it's um, if you can get past the historical yeah. <clears throat> uh, non PCness. It, it comes down to it's Cary Grant doing comedy. It is delightful, rough and tumble Doug, It's Douglas Fairbanks yeah. doing swashbuckling, yeah. and it's Robert Le- McLaughlin being you know totally an Irish, in love, an Irish sort of bully. Yeah, like I mean, all of them doing their specialty, and their the the plot such as it is like. Douglas Fairbanks is, he's fallen in love. And he's like, guys, I'm up in like nine days mm-hmm. and I'm getting out of the service because I'm getting married to open a tea shop. And the response from, from McLaughlin is married. And the response from Grant is tea shop. <laughs> I was like, how cold are this supposed to be? Cause they're like straight in love. Oh yeah. Like there's it's... no other way. Like, like the woman is the obstacle. And once that's like taken care of, like, we don't go back. It's not like, honey, I'm I'm so sorry, but I have to, like, my heart says I have to fight for my country. No, it's like, I like hanging out with these two other dudes. Yeah. Yeah. They're my, I I can't leave them. Um, So the two of them are, like, basically manipulating events so that he will be forced to re-enlist. So that he will not get married, so he will stay with them. It really is a love story. It's it's a three-way romance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is, um, I... After Button was done, I said to Harry, like, oh, we really didn't get, like, an action film. He's like, what are you talking about? Gunga Din. I think I got thrown because it was first and because yeah. I was so delighted by the adventure part that I forgot yeah. the action part. And, and when but you get to three in the morning, you go, that was so long ago. Like that what was, was the first movie? I don't remember. It was four lifetimes ago. Yeah. But it really is very much, like, if you like Raiders of the Lost Ark, this yeah. is very much the same beats. It is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is Temple of Doom. It is uh, Hints of Star Wars. It all is packed in together and it is fun. It is delightful. Okay, side notes that I wrote down. First off, there was just a random thing that caught my attention that made me giggle for those who know my love of Bollywood in this one Bollywood film called Koyamil Gaya, which is the Bollywood (laughs) E.T. and the name of the alien in that movie is Jadu. So there was this one Hindu 
officer and they're like, Jadu, go do this thing. And I'm just in there going, Jadu, Jadu. <laughs> I love that Cary Grant is a shenanigator. Oh my God. Oh God. He's, He's a such a, <laughs> such a shenanigator. He's like, Hey, hey, there's gold. There's gold. I mean, he's straight up almost doing the Three Stooges. Way down on the suaveness. Oh, way yeah. up on, like, the drunken, like, barely functioning sometimes. They're, like, carrying him around like a sack of potatoes because he is too drunk. Yes. Yeah, the swab was way down, but the pants were way tight. Way so too way. Oh, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, and um, Cary Grant can't hold an accent to save his life. Oh, sweet Jesus. He's supposed to be Cockney, and it just, hey, Oh, it's like a Doppler <laughs> accent. Like, yeah, he, he go, it goes real heavy, and then he's just back. It, it, it's like he just forgets. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to be doing things. <laughs> but I think everybody's favorite line was, <laughs> "Yes, you disp- They're all <laughs> arguing. Douglas Fairbanks sits down on the side. They're like, rah, 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 rah. "What do you think?" You displease me greatly, and I ignore the both of you. Yeah, I'm glad that line's in my life now. <laughs> and the delivery just straight. <laughs> You displease me greatly, and I ignore the both of you. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. It is. It is. Uh, so Gunga Din was a great... Oh, yeah. Great <laughs> opener. Great before opener. before great we move, I, I love like recording stuff that I've heard in my row. I don't even know quite who said it sometimes, but I yeah. hear it around. And one guy, because uh, Harry had said that a lot of Jar Jar was based on the Gunga Din character. In fact, he was supposed to follow his storyline a little more, be a little more a tragic hero, but, you know... You know, stuff happened and George didn't want to make people... Like, they kind of want... It was like a punishment. Like, guess what? He doesn't get to be heroic now. Screw you guys. Well, he <laughs> knew that George got so mad at how much everybody hated Jar Jar. Jar Jar was apparently supposed to die saving Amidala yeah. in the third movie. But George wasn't going to give people the satisfaction of killing Jar Jar. Yeah. What the hell? Like, if you had done that, that actually might you might have actually gotten your ultimate goal, which just tells you a little bit more about how George Lucas. Uh, (laughs) Because someone just said, knowing that now, I hate Jar Jar more. Because I was knowing the potential, like, oh, I, I kind of see how you were setting it up now. Yeah. You know, he's supposed to be like the one that people. they, they they don't think he's he's you know he he wants to help but people see him as less than yeah and then in the end like you know you're a greater man than I am Jar Jar Binks I mean that was supposed to be Jar Jar he was supposed to be that poem mm-hmm. but nah <laughs> oh boy but see the problem with that as a starting point George is it's really fucking racist oh yeah no I don't yeah. think that was gonna and it doesn't matter if the race is a made up alien one we still kind of sense it yeah yeah. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, no, that's, uh... <laughs> it's like, no, I hate Jar Jar more. Oh, no. Damn you, education. <laughs> do you want, did you want to talk any about trailers at all? Oh, no, 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 no. We, uh, if we do that, we'll be here forever. Okay, fair point, fair point. Yeah. Listeners, um, again, if you don't know this, uh, one of the one of the more delightful parts about uh, Butnamathon is they choose themed trailers, classic trailers, like from... God only knows all over the place before each major film that plays. So like yeah. going into Gunga Din, you're going to get trailers for classic films, adventure films, maybe things that star some of these other people that are in the movie. So, mm-hmm. so anytime before a movie starts, you're kind of, you're still getting that quote movie experience because oh, yeah. you get like three or four trailers oh, yeah. that are putting you in the mood yeah. and often making you go, 
what the fuck? Yeah. Well, for, well, for for example, our, our second film was Southern Comfort, the Walter Hill film, and to lead into it, the trailers were Shoot Redneck Country or Redneck it's County, which is oh my god, I will never oh, that touch nerd. that movie with a ten foot pole, and uh, uh, Swamp Thing, <laughs> yeah, Swamp Thing. But and other people were like, "What?" And I'm like, "Swamp Thing's great." Swamp yeah, Thing, look, is, it's Ray Wise. It, it's actually not great, but it is fun. A swamp Thing is Swamp Thing is really entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not, it, no, it's not good. No, it's not good at all. But it's got, it's got Adrian Barbeau running around in the bayou, and uh, that makes me happy. <laughs> if you see it at the right time in yeah. your life, it like I makes was, it a, like impression. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I was a te- I saw it. I was a teenager. I saw it on the movie channel. Exactly. I, that's, and it was super fun. No, it's the exact right way to be introduced to it. Yeah. But anyway, it was leading into Southern Comfort, mm-hmm. which is this dark Walter Hill film from uh, early 80s, um, 1981. And, uh, you know, it stars Keith Carradine surprisingly not being Weasley. No. Oh. You know, because usually when you have Keith Carradine, you have him be a weasel. And uh, Powers Booth and, you know, Peter Coyote and whole cast of Manly Men. And um, basically the plot is um, there's a National Guard test thing. Like, they send a bunch of guys out into the bayou to, it's, to like... It's a weekend thing. National yeah. Guard have their weekend duty that they have to do for training. Yeah, and it, and it's like an orientation thing. Like, yeah. they put you in the swamp and you have to get hey, w- Walk around out. a bit. And they've got... They're, they're walking around in the swamp with these um, assault rifles that are filled with blanks. <laughs> and... Um, they're a lot of them are like uneducated racists, and you well, know, they're, they're not in, that, like they're in Louisiana, yeah. These they're are in Louisiana National Guard, yeah. They're they're rednecks, yeah. They are rednecks, and you get like a couple of people who are like came in from Texas, and <laughs> you get I don't want to associate with you guys, but, <laughs> but there's tension in the group, and they go into the bayou and they start their orienteering thing, and eventually they um, they run across the part where it's like, well, the channel must have shifted, uh, we can't get to where we need to be. Because there's suddenly this body of water in the way. We have to go all the way back to the beginning and yeah. go around. Yeah. yeah. And there's prostitutes waiting for them. And They're they don't want, like, just in case. Like, that's, like, so interesting. Is On top of just, like, don't want to go around, they need to get to these ladies at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So that's the ticking time. <laughs> there's one key thing that you need to know. Mm-hmm. They are not given live ammo. Right, they yeah. uh, like I said, they they have blanks in their guns. But yeah, did you say that? I did say yeah. I did Sorry, say I that, but I mean that is a very key point. Oh, that's the know? fantastic setup for the yeah. tension. It's f- yeah. Fantastic! It yeah. explains like why aren't they? Because they're blanks. Yeah, <laughs> you know they are yeah. already like, screwed. They don't know it because you would not give National Guard yeah. on training like real live rounds. No. That would be a dumbass idea. No. Yeah, and and of course you know some of them are fucking around because it's like yeah guns and they prove it. They should not have they none should. of these guys should. No, well, well the Stucky character right right you meet him and he's like haha I got a machine gun and he's shooting at people but because it's blanks they're yeah. like you goddamn fucking asshole. Yeah, and he's like ha 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 this yeah. is funny which you need to know that about Stucky because oh. Yeah, because fuck Stucky. But, but you know, they get, they get to this part where they they they're looking for a shortcut to get a, across rather than go all the way back, and they see some canoes that are left behind by some of the Cajun people who live in the swamp, and uh, they decide to steal a few of the canoes and go across. Now. Peter Coyote yeah. is their sergeant, and yeah. he's legit an okay guy. Yeah, like, and he's like, 
he, he wrestles with it. He's yeah. like, fine, we'll do this. We only, and somebody points out, it might even be Keith uh, Carradine. Yeah. Uh, like, they can take the fourth canoe, get the others, and bring them back. Yeah, like, we'll only, we only need three. We'll leave the one here. So it's not like they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of them leaves a note. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry that we took your canoes. They're just right over there. Yeah. Like, so they weren't being assholes. Yeah, they were trying not to be assholes. It, it well, might, that might not have been the point of no return. It was kind of no. dicky. But, like, you're well, like, yeah. okay, they're, they're trying to do but, the best they but can. you are also in the middle of the fucking swamp and you oh. need to get across, like, you know. Yeah, like, at that point you're like, oh, okay, all right, I mean, it's not a great thing, but if you're leaving a note and you're like, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing what they have to do. So you're like, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, so they, they're they're halfway across the channel and the Cajuns show up on the, the, the shore that they just left. And... It, it, is it Stucky who takes the gun and, yeah. and well, it fires starts, him? It starts with Fred Ward being an asshole. Ha, oh, yeah. we took your fucking boat. Oh, yeah. So, like, Peter Coyote is like, guys, sorry, um, you know what, let's just let's just take him back. Because then we could, like, even just ask them, can we yeah, fire yeah. Like, we'll take him back. And the one big coach guy is like, I hope they got the, I, I hope they find the note. Like, maybe the note, we left you a note, right? He's really yeah. concerned. And then, but Fred Ward, who's a racist fucker, mm-hmm. is like, Fucking Cajuns, man. It's like, yeah, voulez-vous fuck off? And, uh, yeah, and yeah. then Stucky is an asshole. And and Stucky starts firing the blanks at the shore. Yep. And, of course, they're going to fire back. They don't know their blanks. No, they don't know their blanks. You just opened fire on them. And Stucky's laughing, thinking this is a hilarious joke. And so, of course... And they know they're trappers. Like, you goddamn... You are so deserving of the shit that is about to happen. They might not even know English. They just see you yelling at them. Yeah. Because (laughs) they might just speak French or French Creole. Yeah, right, right. So they don't know what the hell's going on. At this point, you know... Plus, they're they're creepily on the shore, and you can't quite get a total look on them. Yeah. I think it's real important to know that, like, you don't quite... In, like you know there's a group of people you but you never really see the get f- yeah. a good look at yeah them. you never yeah. do and and so of course they fire back and uh, one of the guys gets killed like right off the bat it's the sergeant yeah, it's yeah. the sergeant the guy in charge it's important yeah. because it means they are now leaderless rudderless and their one moral compass that was in charge gone yeah, yeah. and so uh, they paddle paddle for the other shore um, you know they take the body with them and oh. They lost the compass. They lost the map. Yeah, everything. They lost the Everything's in the water they now. Fall in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so they are now basically lost in the bayou with a dead body, and um, the group basically eats itself. I mean, yeah. to to make a long story short, um, this is a movie about um, the power plays between all these characters. It's a zombie film without zombies. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same sort of. Yeah. yeah, they're in an environment that they can't handle, and the humans basically just start clambering over each other. It's it's Lord of the Flies. It's uh, um, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. It's there. There was another movie in my brain, and it, it's gone because I'm sleep deprived. But but yeah, it it's it's fascinating to watch. You don't really like anybody because it's all shades of gray. It's it's heart of darkness. Yeah. It's Heart of Darkness. But I do actually like, I do like Keith Carradine and and Powers Booth because the two of them are the most just like, this is bullshit. You guys are bullshit. You guys are making it worse. Oh my God. And, and like, and Keith Carradine is like, you're going the wrong way and blah, 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 but I'm not in charge. I mean, there's, so those two, 
not likable, likable, but at least the entry point for your for the audience to get into the story. Yeah, rational like, as, as you're going to get with these guys. Like, you know what? They're not complete racist, racist assholes, and they have points. They just, you know, like, I don't want to leave. The whole thing is like, Keith Harrington's like, I don't want to leave. Leave. And technically, it'd be wanna... a mutiny for me to take the... Take yeah, the yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that guy doesn't even, he's like, he keeps The second in command? Advice. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's... I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, man. They were way over your head. Yeah. It's, it was a solid film. And like, yeah. by the end, the psychological component, mm. they end up in an environment where you really don't know what's yeah. going to happen in the environment. Yeah. And you're worried that they're going to make a misstep. Like, they're going to misread the environment. Like, it could go either way. Like, the environment could be good or bad. Their paranoia by this point could mean that they react badly, even if it's a good environment. So you're just sitting there like, oh, my God, I just feel this is not going to go well. You're seeing it through their eyes because yeah. the movie's not going to clue you in on whether, oh, they're safe or it's a trap. So you're, you're kind of like looking at that. Oh, that's kind of good. Is it? No, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, well, now, oh, yeah. that's coming into play. I mean, and maybe this could be, And oh, yeah. But now that you look like you're going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I think it did set it up. It's just, I, what I love about, like, say, a Walter Hill movie is that he just starts stuff out right away. Yeah. Like, like we don't have, like, a setup like we were introduced to these characters. No, no. Like, you know about them in the action, when they're getting into it, you know? You I didn't know people's tell. names sometimes, like, till halfway through. But I knew the character. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know, I knew that guy, just by, like, their actions. And in an action film, it's a you need to know people by their actions. script writing. Yeah. Like, they, they will introduce you to somebody with one line yeah. that encapsulates them. And, it, I mean, maybe you would consider that a stereotype, but it gives you that oh. entry point to them to put them in context. So then as you watch yeah. your actions through that lens, their character becomes clear. Yeah. You know, it's not going to end well. Like, I, I've spent some time with these guys, and this is not a good combo. This yeah. is not an efficient group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I love that, um, as with a lot of Walter Hill movies, this is a movie where um, there are a lot of shades of gray in the morality. Mm. And um, I, I really like the aspect in this movie that the, quote, other that they're fighting against is very clearly, while it's the enemy to them, mm. we, as the audience, yeah. understand. It's like... No, these Cajuns had a right to not be shot at. This and is, they are rela- reacting reasonably to what and, our main characters And the are way doing. things have gone, yeah. they are now, it's not, and it's not just revenge. They are taking steps for, what the fuck else are you going to do in my house? Yeah, you yeah. came to our, this is our space, our space. Yeah. Why, why are you in here with, like, guns and shit? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're very clear parallels to, like, the Vietnam War oh, yeah. and, and all this stuff. But uh, I, I also really like um, the aspect that there is one box of life bullets. Oh, that's and fantastic. And there is that extra Everyone gets cast out a little. And they, you know, who the bullets get given to, and there's like only three per person. Mm. And, and, they how use the, they, and how they use them. And, and like when they're handing them out and everybody gets two, and I'm just like, or not. Like maybe some of these guys don't. Because <laughs> he doesn't need them. He doesn't like, need them. Yeah. Can we just like, admit maybe <laughs> that guy shouldn't have bullets? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're still in that military mindset where you've got like the inefficient second in command. It's like, okay, well, this is how we do it is everyone, you know, like, he's not willing to like go, you know, you don't get bullets. Yeah, because I think in that situation he could say, you know, you don't get bullets, but he could—he he just was in way over his head and yeah, throw them out like candy. The, I would say that's a through line for this, but Namathana theme would have would be this. Oh yeah, invading the space mm. of the other. We yeah, we see a lot. We see a lot of it, it in the movies it, that we just our saw. appropriation of others' spaces like yeah. that really was. I wonder if that was an intentional on Harry's part, or especially something. ninjas. Sometimes, well, I, sometimes I mean, that sort of thing is just <laughs> to say, oh yeah, the beautiful like not planned 
but echoes that kind of follow through when you're sitting around for 24 hours watching stuff. Well, he definitely, I know he wanted to plan to do this one specifically because of our current political climate. It is really relevant Well, today. the film that he lost yeah. was in that same vein, so he wanted right. that tone. Nice. Right. Because um, the second film was supposed to be a sneak that had to pull. For yeah. whatever reason. By the way, listeners, this is a top-notch cast. We've referenced them, but you have Keith Carradine and Powers Booth as your two main guys. You get yeah. Fred fucking Ward. Ward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is so good at being a oh, fucker. God. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you get T.K. Carter. Yeah. Who is the... He's the black... He's the black cook from The Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's absolutely uh, that guy. Like, I, that dude I is in so, so much stuff. I so fucking love you. Yeah. Um, you get Lewis Smith, Stucky... I'm, I'm looking at him and looking at him and finally it's like, oh my God, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. Holy crap. Yep. Oh, yeah. now the dime, uh, the dime dropped for me. Oh, yeah. that's so different. <laughs> you, get, you get the fantastic Peter Coyote. Yeah. Who, unfortunately, spoiler, he doesn't make it to the end of the movie. Yeah. And then you get Brian James as oh, one of the God, Creole guys. That was fan- like barely yeah. saying a word and just being a presence. And you're still like, I don't know. Did they get a guy involved? Did they not? Are they, you know, it's just fascinating because he does not give anything away mm-hmm. yeah. with his face, you know? You're like, they're like, this is the guy. It's like, ah, we never saw him. We don't know that this is the guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's creepy, I but. Have to admit, he also has one arm, and I'm just like, are we even sure he can fire a shotgun with one arm, guys? Yeah. Like, maybe. The, maybe maybe like, think about it a little. Yeah. Like, what if he can't even fire a shotgun? This is clearly not our guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we should move on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, we, we've been talking a lot about oh, this person. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so we've got film number three, which Harry brought up, and and he announced this film, and, like, nobody in the audience had seen it. Nobody. Nobody. That's great. And it's a movie called Syncopation. Mm. And the print was yeah. gorgeous. It was yeah. Luscious. It is a movie from, hold on. It's a black and white listeners. So we had black and white color, black and white. It's sometimes good when you're mm. listening to be able to visualize that. Oh yeah, no, I like that. A uh, movie from 1942 starring Jackie Cooper, um, most notably. But it's it's kind of a, um, it's a little bit of a hot mess of a film plot wise because you, you start out, it literally starts <laughs> out with um, slaves being taken from Africa and being brought to the US and Starting well, know, I would their, say their own. The and then next scene, I'm of the movie is let's watch music develop over time. Yeah, and let's watch jazz music develop. That's the plot, and then yeah. we're just gonna have these characters sort of do things so that we have something out. to hang moments on. Yeah, but it literally starts with taking slaves from Africa, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, you get to New Orleans, and there's a, a white family, you know, father and his daughter in, and in New mammy. Orleans. And their mammy, yep, and mammy's kid, uh, who is the daughter's age, and so the black kid and the white kid, and you know, the black kid plays awesome trumpet, and the white kid, um, she actually plays very good, um, ragtime-ish, Would you like music. to hear me play some New Orleans music? Yeah, on the piano. And so she's, she's really good, and she's good, and she loves it. She and her father love New Orleans, love the culture, love the music, mm-hmm. and that's important. And as we were talking about on the car ride home, it was so great mm-hmm. that the female character was not. Like, she, she was present. She did yeah. things. She mm-hmm. was an active participant. Not just the love interest we passed around, but no. She plays music. She advocates for it. Like, like they, they early instill that she loves this music. Yeah. And that she kind of wants to share it with the rest. Like, well, first, like, just the, the kids that she knows. And then, like, whoever else she meets, she's like, she plays. Yeah. And when she gets a chance to go on the piano, she's like, let me, let me uh, show you this. Yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, she and her father moved to Chicago. And, you know, she turns into a young lady and uh, is very good at the piano. 
And uh, there's that great scene yeah. as they travel yeah. up the riverboat. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the different that's music. sort of a montage as they go north there they and the music changes yeah. as they go from Nolens up to Memphis. And mm-hmm. you can hear the music yeah. style change. Memphis to St. Louis yeah. to Chicago because it's important to remember that each one of those does have a distinctive jazz heritage. Yeah. Yeah, like because yeah, yeah. so. we don't talk about jazz that much right now, but mm-hmm. there's but jazz underpins yeah. all of rock, pop, and hip hop. Mm-hmm. So so and each one of those had that very distinctive <laughs> jazz heritage and style and sound, and and it is very much about and part of it is just tempo, like Nolan's yeah. Nolan's jazz, very you know, very very laid back. Mm-hmm. And it just you get speeds up, Chicago, up as you go. It's like Chicago's like we can't wait. We can't City of industry, yes. <laughs> move it, move it. This club could get shot up. Let's go. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but eventually she wanders up to she and her father wander up to uh, Chicago, and she ages into a young lady, and and she meets Jackie Cooper, uh, who is also a a musician in in Chicago. You would recognize him as Perry White. Am I remember that right? No. Yeah, no, he, yeah. In um, it's the um, the Donner um, Superman because he's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Perry White. Yeah, and we were talking about young Jackie Cooper, mm-hmm. kind of a cutie. But not, not well, he was a, he was a child actor. Yeah, before that, and, and 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 you can tell he's like just coming out of the child actor phase. It's yeah. like you're a little too. You, you're an adult, but you look like a kid. He's got the Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio effect. Yeah, uh-huh. when he, when he starts growing in a mustache, just like oh, that oh, does not look. Well, right no, on the mustache you. did not work. I was oh. like, buddy, what are you doing, man? It was a little pervy looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like the, this, the the plot just kind of follows the the girl for a while, and then just kind of wanders off with Jackie Cooper. Um, briefly goes back to uh, briefly, black black kid playing the trumpet. Yeah, briefly comes because uh, he's now an adult and he comes up to Chicago playing trumpet. But yeah, it's um, it's just kind of this the the plot kind of wanders around you know various band projects the various yeah. characters have and like the the woman get, the young lady gets in trouble with the law for playing music too loud <laughs> there like there's this bizarre case. court case where she has to you know play the the piano because she the, caused a riot because she caused a riot <laughs> uh, the riot by the way was everybody stopping their wild party to stand and to, quietly yes, listen, yes. which was hilarious, <laughs> bizarre, and uh, yeah, it, it 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 the the movie's kind of bonkers, and I love it. And um, everybody it, everybody was charmed and delighted by oh, it that I talked to it was like yeah. syncopation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I really really like that. That was. Uh, the, the, the funniest thing though is the the entire movie wraps up in the the final quote scene the way they end the movie is they get a bunch of real jazz musicians right. and there's this like showcase band that they've assembled which is like Benny Goodman and Gene Krupa <laughs> and like every jazz player yeah. that they could cram into this final scene and they're just doing their thing and it's like they're all white dudes we literally have a movie where we take the slaves from Africa, we take the music, and we turn it into a What's fascinating is they had to tell the history, right? I don't yeah. think they intended to show that, like, this is how white people appropriate black culture. Yeah. But because they were telling the history, that's what it was. The movie starts in Africa and ends with the whitest dudes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, your positive take is... I want to show the development of jazz music through time yeah, yeah, right. and its popularity yeah. from its beginnings through now. The reality is yeah. by doing that, so you can look <laughs> at the film as that, and I enjoyed oh, yeah. I enjoyed it just 
as an essay on the developing style of music. Like I was really enjoying Mm. as a music nerd, like hearing how things progressed and the influences came about, but it's like, yeah. Or, hey, this is how you take over somebody else's culture. Yeah. Look at that. And you're like, not on purpose. It's so odd. Look, because the characters, it's not like the white characters are bad. They just love the music. Yeah. And they want, so it's not even like there's a, oh, I'm going to steal this. It's just like, that's what, because that's the default culture. Well, the, like that's what, you know, so it's almost like, that's just how easy it, it happens. It's, I mean, uh, white people problems, right? First world problems. Right. It's like, you can appreciate another culture yeah. and you want to enjoy it. But the very fact of you are privileged means yeah. your enjoyment of it come becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your celebration of it can become problematic simply because you're coming from a place of privilege. Like I love Bollywood movies. I I love to wear salwar. I love to wear sari. I am so not. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so I do worry about the appropriation aspect of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Although it, I, I found it funny that in the movie itself, it 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 actually displays not not just that that final scene with all the white dudes. Um, there is a, a sequence where the Jackie Cooper character joins this orchestra and starts touring <laughs> with them. That was and fun. They, 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 their show is the symphony of jazz and and you hear the music and it's this oh. it's like a full orchestra it sounds like the the stock commu- commercial music of the 1950s yeah. it's like and it is but it's Leonard Bernstein style jazz yeah yeah and it's um but i mean it's like less bernstein and, and it's gone straight to the um, this has gone straight into white people music. <laughs> this yeah. is this is very white people music, and you can see Jackie Cooper is like losing his soul. Oh, that was a fun sequence. <laughs> just kept repeating. You just yeah, see him like, dying every time. He looks at the sheet music because, of course, yeah. the fact of writing it down and playing the same notes every time mm. is antithetical to the roots of jazz. Right, and and literally, there's this montage where Jackie Cooper falls ill from jazz deficiency. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The horn drops from his hand. I can't. Like it is I can't. sweating. It's no. strength is gone. I can't play. The I, I have played that note in that order so many times that I, I don't have any more notes in that Cause, order. Right, because it visually shows that whole idea, like what you just described. Like it visually gives the audience this idea that what's killing him mm-hmm. and his and his type of jazz. I don't even think they're saying this is bad jazz. They're saying no. it's not his jazz because they talk about this is your style, this is your style. That's a big uh, theme throughout. Yeah. So like for him, that will kill him. Well, because he, <laughs> he meets up with the, the black kid. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, how do you play it like that? And they play together and they're jamming together. And, and then he's talking to his, you know, the female. And mm-hmm. he's like, God, I wish I could play like that. And she's she like, says, don't play like no. that. Play like you. He's, yeah. He's like Southern. That's you play cool. like Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that is entirely appropriate. Mm-hmm. And which, again, she's, for that time period, I really enjoyed her yeah. character. She had a lot more agency than you normally see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time. Of course, there's still the problematic part where he just wandered off, didn't tell his wife, comes back, and is like, I am back. She's like, that's good. All right. <laughs> what? Wow, she was with Smiley. Who knows? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What I love the moment in that movie was they have this birthday cake that they proceed to not eat and walk away from. giant. And it was huge. And me, Melissa, and Jerry are looking at each other like, Eat the cake. Oh it was like full-size candles in that thing. Give me the cake. We'll eat the cake. <laughs> I had the exact same thing. I'm like, don't you dis- disrespect that cake. <laughs> Somebody eat the cake. Talk about privilege. Baking a cake and nobody eats a damn thing. Just walking away from cake like that? Who do you think you are? It even has like little dents where they were going Gonna. to cut it. They got like, this oh, close. This close. Oh, God. Cake. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm glad I'm not crazy. I'm like, oh, other people are having Somebody the same. Somebody left like, the cake out in the <laughs> in the parlor. In the parlor. <laughs> it didn't even get rained on. It didn't even get that uh, metaphorically far. rained on. They so really poo pooed to... it. They didn't pay any any attention <laughs> it to it. It took so long to bake it. That's right. And guess what? None of those fuckers baked it. No, her mammy did. Ella. Yeah. Ella, Come on. Ella, I think her. Ella. Oh. Yeah, something like that. She goes, goes through a lot. It doesn't matter. The mammy. She goes. Yeah. I mean, that's basically. I, I refer to her as such because that's how the movie. Yeah, it, it is the, treats the her as such. Character. Yeah. Yeah. She. She is that exactly that you know sassy black mother who dies of missing her son. Oh God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Literally, it is that character oh. that you've seen. Everywhere, I, I felt area. like she more like Girl. died from being worked to death because she's uh, yeah. yeah, she's been working does her everything. whole life. She mm-hmm. does everything. Calls her down to escort someone who's right by the door, out the door. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, he's right there, man. He knows where the door is. Yeah, <laughs> just go point. You, the door's right there. Yeah, please go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so All right. Next... We, we've been recording for like 45 minutes. Oh, so, okay. Okay. so we're so excited by these films. I know we are. Next okay. up is so exciting. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. God, so <laughs> so Taron Egerton shows up, and uh, this being the young man who was in Kingsman: The Secret Service, like literally which killed at Buttonwithon, yeah, which killed at Buttonwithon last year. So. Um, XZ shows up in the theater, and uh, we're like, ah! <laughs> but not only does he show up, he is delightful, charming, he is charming, funny, he's got personality. Yeah, like this is what I love because, uh, like the other guest who showed up was perfectly nice, but mm-hmm. um, Capone is trying to get him to tell stories like, what was it like to learn how to load a musket? And I'm wanting to hear the story of like, well, it's really weird because you got to do this. And did you know this? And like, yeah. oh, and there was the time it totally did this. And he's just like, no, it's really great to get to interact okay. with these props in this like authentic yeah. way. And I'm like, okay, you're a nice guy, but you got no personality. Taryn Edgerton has personality. Oh, yeah. Only the audience the second he walked in. Yeah. Like, coming out of the hair follicles. And he <laughs> told me he was so excited to be yeah. there. Harry told me that he was crying because he was so excited. Oh, oh my God. Because <laughs> Harry pointed out to him, like, because Harry's like, you need to know how much this crowd is now your crowd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the, you're you're in the same place Vin Diesel was. Yeah. <laughs> when Vin Diesel showed up at the first Buttonamathon with Pitch Black. And then he hit. And this crowd has now adopted you. You will always be kind of one of their movie stars now. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. he's like, and he was, like, kind of crying a little bit. Like, this yeah. is, like, he can feel that he's on the, possibly on the cusp of. Something and his performance in this movie. Oh my god! I, oh yeah! I would, oh yeah. crap! So he, he comes out prior to the film, and, and we're like, we love you already. Yeah, and and, and he is delightful. He's cute as a button. Yeah, and, and funny and yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh, he's funny, 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 funny. And and he comes out and he goes and um, he, he, the movie he brought is Eddie the Eagle, and he's like, do you people know about Eddie the Eagle? And what's surprising, what shows my age is yeah. like. My age range is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat's like, are you kidding? Yeah. I'm like, I know. And I'm like, there's 12 of us in the audience going, yes, Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, and, and Eddie the Eagle was a bigger thing in, in Britain, of course, but I mean, um, but even was, it, was it the 1988 Calgary Olympics? Yes, the 88 Olympics? Olympics. Yeah. And even he, though, as a Brit, is like, he's like, he had to ask his mom. And what I love is he's like, he gets off the phone and asks his mom, like, his mom's right there, like, are you, were you still living with your mom? Or we like, or just like, oh my god, you're right. He was, he's a youngin. I mean, he's 26 years old. He's like, Mom, who's Eddie the Eagle? (laughs) Who's Eddie the Eagle? (laughs) Because Matthew Vaughn calls him up 
and apparently yeah. likes working with him. Is like, yeah. hey, I want to do this film about Eddie the Eagle. I just got a script for it. What are you? Are you interested? Yeah, mom, who's Eddie the Eagle? Yeah, that was cute. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eddie the Eagle way, you know, predates him. But anyway, um, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Eddie the Eagle was um, the <laughs> first British ski jumper since like 1926 first and only for olympic ski jumper like in kind of the modern in the modern era and um and he was a guy who just decided he wanted to be an olympian yeah. and and said hey um the way i get to be an olympian is to pick a sport that doesn't already have a team in britain so i'm going to learn how to ski jump in that sport yeah. and i am the team and therefore i get to go to the olympics cuz all he wanted was to be an olympian but what's yeah. great about the character i love so this sounds like this is like could be like a jock guy but but eddie is like this like quiet guy maybe takes another extra second to process stuff than people mm-hmm. do you always kind of where i love um the acting choices like his eyes are always kind of like shifting a little like processing and you know, reading yeah. and yeah, and he's got the big thick glasses, so they're really like you know, and his, his jaw juts just a little. He's, and you, yeah, he's got an underbite, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and so, the real Eddie the Eagle, yeah, had an underbite. And yeah. this came from just a real passion. This wasn't like I want to win; it was I want to be an Olympian. Two separate things. I want to contend. Yeah, I want. I just want to be a part of this thing. So it comes from this like, like this pure love of the Olympics, which like makes it a different uh, thrust of the film well, than just like I want to be the best. Well, yeah, and and that's that was the. The, the thing that sparked people's interest in Eddie the Eagle the first place because he wasn't a good no, athlete no. but he was there and he loved it and he and was he proud was so and he kept excited. trying yeah. he was so excited I saw this because yeah. I'm old enough to have watched those Olympics and I loved the Olympics so I I remember Eddie the Eagle. I remember watching him jump. I remember the news coverage and the reason people loved him was just how do you not love somebody who's just so happy to be there and like and the commentators were pointing out like this for those who are like he's not a real athlete this is a joke it's like this is truly the spirit of the olympics mm-hmm. to strive yeah. to be better he's the bnat audience of olympic ski jumping yes. we're just happy to be here <laughs> we're just for the love of the game like, yeah. like yeah. I love movies so much. I'm not an actor. No, I'm not right. a film producer. Like some of us at BNAT are, but most of us, I'm, yeah. I'm not a film producer. I don't. Oh God, want- we are Eddie the Eagle, guys. <laughs> we are. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Um, I mean, he comes from his background. Like he, he's not an athlete. He's told he can't be an athlete because of some physical stuff. Like you should just be a reader. And he's like, no. The performance Taryn gives. Mm. Like, I liked him in Kingsman, but it would have been very easy to be like, you're, you know, you do that thing. Yeah. You're, you're pretty. Exactly. You, and you never want to tell an actor like, wow, hey, you can actually act. But seriously, like, his performance has so many, la- just watching his eyes, yeah. the layers that are going on, that it's not just blind determination. There's, there's real things happening yeah. there mm-hmm. that he is making choices every minute mm. to to reaffirm, no, I'm going to keep going yeah. forward on this path. And, and his physical performance is extraordinary. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because, I mean, you you see it in Kingsman because, um, you know, he goes from the the young British thug to the the guy, the, the suave debonair guy in the, the suit. Right. And, yeah. and there is a transformation within that film, which is more yeah. subtle than seeing Kingsman back-to-back with Eddie the Eagle because mm. he is... He, like physically, like a different person. Yeah, yeah. Eddie I was down. Yeah, he 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 is he's awkward. A, he's a fucking dork. Yeah, and his adorable, cute face yeah. is 
a dorky face. You just want to give him yeah. a hug, man. I mean, like, you're doing good, buddy. <laughs> How do you not like this kid? And that's what happens is, like, you can't... You're, there comes a point where you're like, you are not going to stop, so I guess I have to help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even the uh, the only fun performance in the movie. Oh, God. Oh, because God. <laughs> he's paired with Hugh Jackman. Talk about likable. <laughs> There's too much likable on the screen. Oh, my God. The two of them. It's the two of them so together. much charisma. Oh, God. It's like an overwhelming <laughs> amount of charisma. You're just bathing it up. I... I was telling you, like, that, like, you remember in The Grinch when his heart grows to the size of his thing? My heart was, it's like somebody took a, a tire pump to it and just pumped it up by the end of that movie that I'm just, I was literally yeah. burst, I was crying at this underdog sports film because it just made me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. The the, 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 the film itself is very by the numbers. It, it is like, this oh, is, it is There's so, nothing surprising. There's nothing surprising about it at all. But it is, first of all, I love that it's a comedy. And yeah. I love that they it, and and it's not played for comedy. It's not making fun of this character. Yeah. Just it, the it situations is, are so it, weird it, and strange, and he just keeps going. It embraces comedy, the weird. The yeah. comedy is human, never condescending. Right? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Right. It, exactly. And but it also it it just rests on these two great performances from Taryn Edg- Edgerton and <laughs> Hugh Jackman being doing comedy. Yeah. I love seeing Jackman do comedy. I, he's, he's so, so funny. He's so, so funny and he's so great with yeah. just his timing is so top notch. Um, but the score, uh-huh. because it's an, a movie set in the 80s, the score is an 80s score yeah. with yeah. synthesizers. It is, is that totally. Hall and Oates? It's that, it's, 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 I'm like, yeah. I'm, yeah. All in notes I'm, I'm all in notes. Yeah. I'm just happy. And you say it's by the numbers. Every every underdog sports well, yeah. is a paint by numbers. But the thing you have to remember is that within that that formula, you get things like Rocky. You yeah. get things like oh, yeah. Creed. Oh, and yeah. I would say this script is of that equivalent just with a comedic bent. But yeah. we, we discount comedy, so we don't oh, see yeah. it in that way. But this is top-notch yeah. scripting. Yeah. yeah top-notch scripting that because i will watch any underdog sports flick you know but they don't pull my heart like this one but well but but okay i love the experience of watching this movie with this crowd because the audience was into it (laughs) every time he'd go for the next we're we're both excited for him and just what are you thinking and then are you get up at the top and look down and you would hear the crowd go oh Oh, no what's good is also the visual style of the film stuff like you could viscerally feel how far he up he was because the way the camera worked or stuff like and i think maybe everyone's favorite scene is see uh hugh jackman is a disgraced american Ski jumper. So he can ski jump. And he's yeah. drunk now. He doesn't even wear a shirt. He calls his drink his... Oh, he doesn't wear a coat. He wears jacket. a jacket. Yeah. yeah. He calls his drink his jacket. The one place he's totally drunk. And he's like, listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the ski jump. So he, he's yeah. gotten into it. was like, who are you? Who are you? You're just the yeah, drunk yeah. guy. So he's like, like, fuck you. So, so he's up there. No jacket. Mm-hmm. With his flask. Yeah. With his flask. Lights a cigarette. Puts it in. And then just does the ski jump. And the camera just like... It's just it's this epic slow down tracking shot. Like the ember blowing out of the <laughs> cigarette. Matthew Vaughn. It's yeah. Matthew yeah. Vaughn but but Don yeah. like like I've never seen the Matthew it, Vaughn. Like he's the bullet. But, Hugh Jackman is the bullet. But it's yes. Dexter Fletcher who directed the film. Oh yeah. But, I mean Dexter, right. Fle- Dexter Fletcher is, is right. out of the Guy Ritchie camp. But it's that yeah. style. It's yeah. that but Vaughn Ritchie. That new, yeah. that new British accent. Vaughn, Vaughn was one of yeah. the producers on the film. Right. So yeah. 
yeah, he put together the project, but it's Dexter Fletcher who. But I feel like this movie oh, didn't he need did a, the visual he had a flair. Light touch. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. nice touch on that. It's that and I, I loved it as a visual person, just a little extra, like all the '80s stuff looked just right, and the color scheme was just just right, and just having a few vi- like not overselling visual stuff, but just like, a few like shots that were like, yeah, yeah, like I'm I'm in here more, I'm, or I'm jazz more. I've got energy now because of that, and that's just. I felt like it was just the right uh, balance of that. I dare you. First off, go see this movie. Yeah. It, it is. Have a good go time. Go see it. It is. And fun. I, if you ever need something to make you want to approach your life with new, yeah. with new joy, to re- reinvigorate you, to remind you that it's worth it. Yeah. Just watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I. I'm in love with this. And then we got more Taron Edgerton afterwards, and he was even more delightful. Oh, yeah. And then he hung around outside, and I got a picture with him. <laughs> I, I'm so sad that this movie is not coming out around holidays, because be this, per- this, this is a movie. Christmas movie. Yeah. This is a Christmas movie. This is a great big You can take everybody pop. to this film. No, it's, it's coming out uh, February 26th, so the day after my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's Xanus and a holiday weekend. No, that's a, our weekend is before that. Do we want to change Xanus in a holiday weekend? I don't think I can, but okay, well, but we can take a look at that. So <clears throat> anyway, go go see it. I can love it. High point, it. like yeah. a high point for yeah. me. Yeah. Super fun, super fun. All right, so from there we went into oh man. <clears throat> see, uh, I I loved all those movies, which is why I want to talk about them. Some of these other ones, I'll be much briefer. Yeah, they, they're, I will get. <laughs> they're interesting. They are interesting, but yeah. yeah. So um, we got Tale of the Fox after this, which is a. A movie that Harry tracked down, it is one of, it's arguably the first full-length, fully Fully stop-motion animated feature film. And the stop-motion animation is amazing, period. Not just amazing for the time. There are some things that I'm like, that looks good, like, just legit. Yeah, the the animation's amazing. This is... This is um, a, a movie that was a labor of love for, for somebody. And um, I can't remember the, um, the story behind it, but it was a couple of Russians that did the scenario. And then and, but it then, was like, made French in... people got a hold of it. Well, well Ger- the Germans produced <laughs> it, and then French people got a hold of it. It, was, it wound up being some sort of German propaganda children's film. They were showing it in schools to the Hitler Youth. Yeah. Like Harry's like, this was them like promoting to Hitler Youth, like and we're and watching you're like, what? which character were the Hitler Youth supposed to Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I don't know what it was getting at. But um it it, it also points up um children's material back then used to be really fucking brutal. <laughs> because there was so much violence and death in that movie. Well, as a parent, we coddle our kids too much. Oh, so, yeah. But I would not show this to Teddy simply because uh, she'd be bored by it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's got that pacing. But yeah. it's also got the problem of by the end, um, the, the it's populated by all the animals. The basis of the animals is very much the sort of the tropes of care of animal mythology throughout yeah. the world like the, um, the 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 fox is the clever one is the, wolf the trickster is, the you know yeah. and the wolf and the ki- yeah. the lion is the king and the beast and by the end everybody wants to get the fox but the problem is the fox is really unlikable because often he's mean just to be mean yeah yeah which is true to a trickster character mm-hmm. but it's it was a little heavy-handed on that to where i couldn't really enjoy the trickstering yeah and every other character is dumb as a goddamn box of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yep. just watching this. I watched the whole thing. I didn't fall asleep. I didn't leave for parts mm. of it. I, I like I briefly left to pee, but I didn't like step out to be like I can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. And I, 
I appreciated what the movie was, but I didn't actually enjoy the experience all that much. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a, a museum piece. Mm. It's, you know, yeah. one of the cool things you get about Butnamathon is often you get a film that, like, I never would see this elsewhere. I appreciate as a cinephile that I got yeah. to see this. Yeah. I am not going to seek it out and make it something yeah. in my life. And it was a... a beautiful restoration it was a beautiful oh, yeah. and um are you, I, I think it was the first time it's actually been screened in yeah the US. i wouldn't be surprised I think he said that yeah. yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised but, it was french subtitle it was french and subtitle yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's so. it was it was an interesting 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 Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I'm glad I saw it. I the the cat song was a crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like <laughs> every, were you guys singing along up at the top because Arvo was. <laughs> it was great. I just love the fact that the cat just totally wanted to screw the, the king's late, like the, the queen. Like yeah. what a weird thing for a kids movie. Just randomly in there. Yeah. Well, you know, you have Pepe Le Pew in the old. Yeah. Brothers still, still weird. But I like still weird. Because he had this little meow, meow, meow. You know, sing a song, sing a song, meow, meow. And you caught on pretty quick, so yeah. singing the refrain a lot. <laughs> it was pretty cute. Then, so that moment, that's a keeper. So after that, we got uh, film number six was another one of the new ones, which is Anomalisa, mm-hmm. which Wendy and I had already seen at Fantastic Fest. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was new to me. So, I was yeah, glad to see it. I really enjoy hearing your thoughts on it. It's yeah. Charlie Kaufman. Yes. It's um, stop motion, yeah. so you can see why Harry back to back those. Yes. Um, the st- and the stop motion is extraordinary. Oh, extraordinary. Yeah. Never seen anything quite like it. The foley, like I was even more caught by the foley and sound design of like they perfectly capture the sound of walking on hotel carpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of yeah. squish, squish, mm-hmm. squish. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, seeing the movie a second time through was really special, actually. Catching catching the way the story is structured, kn- knowing where it has to go, and then seeing it a second time, seeing how the story is put together to lead there is very interesting. Yeah, when he announced it, I was, like, I leaned to the two sides of me. I'm like, I think this is a beautiful film. It is slower, mm-hmm. and it's a character drama, and yeah. I just kind of want to contextualize that so you don't get frustrated. Yeah. And I specifically told my husband, because it's getting to the part of the night where it's really tough for him to stay with him, yeah. I really want you to see this. So if you're struggling, try to make the effort. Fight it out. <laughs> Fight, it out. Like, <laughs> Fight for don't it. Don't make the choice. Like, don't <gasps> be like, eh, and make the choice. Like, I really want you to Don't sink into the swamp this. of sorrows. Fight. 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 <laughs> Fight. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was really satisfying in Southern Comfort when Stucky went into the quicksand. Spoiler, but goddamn, that was satisfying. Yeah, the swamp itself got him. Yeah. yeah. The swamp oh, was so like, no, no, I'll do this myself. But yeah. you brought up the swamp of Sarah, and that's where my brain went. No, no. Um, so, but yeah, Anomalisa. We talked about Anomalisa on our Fantastic Fest podcast. It's delightful in mm-hmm. that there's only three voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Thewlis is the main voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee, Lee, who does a really lovely performance. Yeah. Oh, she's and, fantastic. And, and I love the script. Charlie Kaufman's script is... It's a, so good. I mean, and there was a point where, you know, bizarre random things happen. Yeah. Chris seems to be like, yep, it's a Kaufman hey, film. It's happening. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it's also, you know, white guy problems, like, because yeah. it's a Kaufman film. Um, but every other person is, da- is Tom Newman's Oh, voice. my God. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not, and, and the thing is, like, I don't, it's not, like, a joke thing. It's one part absolutely integral to the story mm-hmm. of, of this guy that, you know, everything is the same to him because, you yeah, know, whatever, he's. The author of his own issues there, but but also like the phrase the author of his yeah. own issues. Yeah. But, but, but what I love is you're still getting performances. They're all the same voice, 
Yeah. But each thing, like, this is this person. This is this. These are the random people arguing in the hallway. This is, like, the his wife. This is the woman that he left who's not his wife. This is his kid. You know? And it was just... Like, and then Tom I got... Tom Noonan does yeah. a brilliant job. Yeah, he did. And, and then I get my all-Tom Noonan version of my man Godfrey. Yes. I know. <laughs> yes. I was, I was like, oh, Godfrey my God. Godfrey loves me. Godfrey yeah, loves Godfrey loves me. Godfrey loves me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want that clip on just like a complete like rotation. You no, know, that happened because I, I forget the director's name. It's I want to say Duke. You know that that happened either because Charlie Kaufman or Duke loved that movie yeah. and just were like, and in the background, yeah. this is what's on TV <laughs> and let's also animate And it also shows yeah. every voice. Duke the Johnson. dogs barking are Tom Noonan. <laughs> All the stuff that just like the background noise is Tom Noonan. Anytime there's a voice. It's, it is him, and it's just that's part of the sound design, which is fantastic. is like just a yeah. layered, beautiful world, and that really you know speaks to the the main character who just like whatever's going on in his head. He's like if it doesn't entertain him, or if it isn't new or different, it becomes background noise, and this includes his family, mm-hmm. and this includes the other women that he brings into his bullshittery, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, I think it's this perfect uh, uh, example of a certain kind of like middle aged white like well off white dude myopia yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly yeah. You all it's all together. him together i'm special and then oh you're you're special because you are different it's not even like he doesn't know this woman who ends up being like the the jennifer jason lee character the only other different voice it's because she is different it's not he doesn't know her he just met her and oh, like the night the night they meet he's all like like this like or is it the more like that's just that's just i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave my wife mm-hmm. and we'll be together you know, and just at that point where stuff starts shifting again, I'm like, God, dude, man. Yeah. And, dude, and, get and, shit together. And and as much as we say it's white guy, pro- you know, first world white guy problems, it is a dissection. Of oh, it. the movie knows it. And oh, I was worried. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is. It's it, it, still universal. It, oh, and yeah. It, and But but it, the movie is, is basically going, yes, these are white guy problems, but it's not like saying, and, and oh, whoa, is this guy. It's this guy ruins everything he touches yeah. because yep. he has decided he's locked in this world. Yes. Yes. And it's, yeah. it, yeah. And it's a film, like, my husband was like, that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's, what I like about it is, it is sad. Yeah. But also, it's it's one of those sad things that touches you in the right way to say, remember to make a better choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sad, but not depressing. Yeah. 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 Re- like, and not like a uh, warning, you know, yeah. like a, a cautionary tale. It's just, it's so easy to become myopic. Yeah. To what is around you. Mm-hmm. And like, and I don't, you don't feel bad for the, the, the Lisa character because this was a magical thing for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, it, it wasn't perfect or fairy tale, yeah. this, you could tell that this still was something that touched her and put magic in her life. The, the way she moves through life is this is added stuff. This is added to the variety. It's not the same. It's not the background noise, which it is for this guy. It's, I had this experience. And you know what? This like maybe I am worth something. And she took that on her. And I love that the movie also like she is such a like she is her own character. She's mm-hmm. not just like this. He does not see her the way that he needs to see her. But the movie portrays her as she's got her own things she's going through that she's fighting through, and she is an amazing person. And she's gonna be okay. Lisa's gonna be all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the the movie totally sets up the power dynamic between the two. Yeah, and, you know, she's got low self esteem, and he can easily, and he is yeah. taking advantage of that absolutely without realizing it. And um, he's coming but, from a definite position of privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, but uh, I mean, you she's know. there to attend a conference where he is the star yeah. speaker. Yeah, she has his book. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's, she's, she's a fan. fan. She's a fan. Like and. 
And she's young. and Yeah. And what I appreciated watching it the second time, not just the film, but the details. Like, I was talking to somebody about how when you're... They were like, he was talking about like, you know, he remembered seeing something about how when you animate for kids, it's got to be big, bold mm. strokes. When you animate for adults, it's got to be detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. And there are so yeah. many little things. Like, I caught this time where he grabs ice, puts it in the glass, and then wipes his hand on his pants <laughs> to, to pick up the bottle. And it's something that would, like, you see it and you don't even notice that you're seeing it. And yet, if it yeah. wasn't there, you'd feel the uncanny valley in us. But then when you see it, you're like... Yeah, that's what that's what yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unconsciously, what you do when he's on the phone and he's and he just hitches up his pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is animated, so every time they have to, that's it's a, choice. a deliberate yeah. choice. Yeah, it's so brilliant. Yeah, it, it's an entire movie constructed out of the tiniest gestures mm. and tiny and, and in the face, the subtlety you get in the faces, which were they were all three D printed. Yeah. Um, the the puppets are constructed so that there are plates that you assemble onto the face and there were like 90 different plates for each oh, yeah. puppet and and they just swapped them out for each facial expression right and it it's already and amazing. it's beautiful it's yeah. a dollhouse of a movie it, yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i really 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 like it i was worried like mm, this might be a little mm, you know arty like maybe it won't yep. hit but nope nope it totally did yeah. i think i think people really enjoyed it or if they didn't enjoy it they at least were interested in it yeah, yeah. and like, you can't like, not appreciate the gorgeousness of oof. just yeah. what you're seeing like yeah. the visual element is just what? And the noonin-ness of it. The so noonin. noonin-y. It's so noonin-y. <laughs> I'm going to soak in the noonin. What's this, the name of the song? Lakme? Lakme? It's Lakme. 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 <laughs> Tom Noonan do the duet. The beautiful women's duet. <laughs> and it's Tom Noonan's It's fantastic. It's so it's fantastic. It's just, oh, God. Oh. That's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, so, film number seven rolls around, and they okay. Hope. So we are now <laughs> oh sometime yes. around midnight, right? Yeah, we're sometime around midnight before we get to the next film. Something special, happens. yeah. Oh, it's oh, sweet. that's right. Oh. Yeah, I know. We got we're, we're like marching along with films, and, yeah. and Harry goes something something crazy is going to happen now, happened. which which means our friends George and Lola got married <laughs> by oh, Harry by Harry at Phenomenon with Harry's nephew Giovanni as one. Ring bearer, and of course, the other one would be Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is a ring bearer. We have like we have one more ring bearer. Yeah, <laughs> whoever in this audience could bear Elijah the weight of this ring. Such a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he is just genuinely nice. Oh, let's have a pause to talk about the normies for a minute. Why don't we yeah. do that here? Yeah. So okay, this is so, about the time of night where it's, you start. Like, well, you uh, start not having to worry about. Uh, listeners, just. There, the wedding was literally George. There was no dress. There was no yeah. like nothing about it. Nobody than, knew anything about it except they for just Harry stood up in their jeans and t-shirts. Harry had a brief little thing that and that he said they yeah. did the thing. They handed out cake pops to everybody. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. But George and Lola got married. Oh, and, and a confetti and the, cannon! I was in the back, so I was the right. The confetti <laughs> cannon and the uh, throne room music played, uh-huh. and um. In keeping with the next film that was going to play, there were some drones deployed. <laughs> yes, there were drones the, the, in the theater. Traditional, of course, for most weddings. As you know, for most weddings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so earlier in the night, as I was coming back in, during a movie, I had gone to the bathroom and come back in, I had an experience where 
I went by these two people who were standing by the door. And it, I think it was more like the 10 or 11. So mm. it's getting towards yeah. the end of the night for yeah. the regular theater yeah. goers. And they're standing right by the door to Theater 4. So you're thinking, Holly yeah, theater. yeah. Um, but, but they're talking about, like, what's going on? There? And I can hear them, what's <laughs> going on in there? Like... They all have badges, and I look, and they don't have badges. And so I literally pulled a Ewing, came back, because I'll be your evangelist. I'm like, oh, this is a 24-hour film festival called Butnamathon. So we, we come in, and we all the same people stay for 24 hours in this theater mm-hmm. watching movies of different types. And they're like, wow, that's so cool. I think you have Elijah Wood in there. He's <laughs> been like, wait, what? Yes, we do. Did he get back in here? Get out of here, Elijah. Scoot, scat. I always sneaks in. I just love it. Like, I think I saw Elijah Wood sneak in. I'm like, no, he comes. It's okay. It's ours. He's ours. We know he's there. It's cool. He's ours. I'm like, ours. I'm like yeah. He comes almost every year. <laughs> you should have just like grabbed a, a broom and like, like <laughs> spat him out of the theater. I told you. Thank you for telling us. Thank you for telling us. He should. Oh my god. He right. <laughs> shouldn't be here. What? <laughs> he came back again. I'll let security know. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Damn it, I should have. You've got Elijah Wood in there. Oh god damn it. Fuck. <laughs> we gotta You know, he's so little. It's hard to keep track of him. <laughs> you got Elijah infestation. Oh, God. We, we thought we took care of this last year. We laid down traps. <laughs> but he's just too smart. You know they are? They're little gold rings on the <laughs> Oh, shit. I will, I, will, I will take this though I do not know the way. I'll show you the way. It's out that door. <laughs> it's out there. There's an exit sign. Go through it. experience with normals <laughs> that night um, because they, I was out in the lobby I was taking photos of people in the lobby from Butnamathon and there was a drunk guy and his wife who had just come out of In the Heart of the Sea and he, he wanted to talk about Melville to somebody uh, and, <laughs> and like he grabbed <laughs> me <laughs> and, like he asked what all the hubbub was about and I explained did, did you make eye contact um, I, I always Melissa make, yeah. leaps into those things with both feet. Yeah, I do, I do. And and uh, he he was he, he wanted to talk about the movie. He wasn't very articulate though. He was kind of drunk and 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 we were talking a little bit about Melville. And Wendy comes walking by. I go, Wendy, you have thoughts about Melville? And I grab her and then Melissa her. and I want I read you. Melissa had that look on her face of like. You have thoughts about Melville, and I'm like, oh, you want me to have those thoughts about Melville? Yeah. And she's clearly bringing me in, like, I want to see what happens. Uh, yeah, we need together. Two, these two things in a bowl, I feel like a chemical reaction. You're doing there. an experiment. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm making my own, like, paper mache volcano. Lobby of the Alamo. Gonna put a little Wendy in there, put a little, little Normie. There. Give it a shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was fun. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> to encapsulate listeners, I ain't a fan. <laughs> there is a there is a brand of literature. It's not it's not a specific authors. There, it's not even always an author is always in that brand. Yeah. It's not a specific time period. The, what I call white guy literature, and mm. I ain't a fan of it. Yeah, it, it largely it's like Melville and Hemingway and, and those dudes. Um, Melville. 
Um, um, I, I find Faulkner, Mel- Faulkner can very definitely Faulkner get in there, be- but it's got a peculiar southernness. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, for for my money, shorter Melville is better Melville. There's Hemingway <laughs> that I like. Yeah, but I mean, they these are guys who. Their proclivities lead them to places that I don't give a shit about. Yeah. Anyway. That's our new that, podcast? <laughs> yeah, fuck Melville? Fuck Melville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to point out the wife thought it was hilarious. Ah, yes. You made her night. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's, she's like, like, she's, uh-huh. like she's like, I like this one. Yeah, I've been yeah, waiting for someone. Yeah. I, I got the impression that the dude loved the film and the wife was like, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Can we go home now? <laughs> you Or like, I like the film, but whatever with Melville, you wanted to talk about Melville. Oh, I want to hear this girl talk to you about Melville. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. That was super fun. Was and, and then there were the little, little old ladies we saw this morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? Oh, we were... We were just in a 24-hour film festival. What? All in the same theater? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of sneaky in there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, that was like the interaction I like. Right? Oh, no, they, they're not looking at me weird. They're just like, very sincerely curious. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. And you you, you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like it I don't know if I like, would, but you guys seem to. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. We're and like, like you yeah, had like, how, how does one go about doing that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jessica, Mississippi Jessica cracked me up. She's like, I don't know about this theater anymore. I think it might be permanently damaged. <laughs> I sat in my seat. The first time I sat in it, it smelled like fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they pre-farted it for us. <laughs> so I think it's permanently damaged. <laughs> All these years of both Numathon is just so pretty. We're in there. You can't get us out. <laughs> Try. It, you can't freeze us out. It's like a patina only for smell. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Like I get the I get the point of just you sit down and there's a yeah, whoosh. The farts of putting a thon past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon we'll be we'll be like uh, corners, you know, putting uh, Vicks Dapo rub underneath yeah. our noses. All right, guys, prepare. Prepare. <laughs> okay. We're at that time of night, everybody. <laughs> okay, kill so, your nose. Yeah, ah, okay, side note. Uh, so, okay, so we're into the midnight movies range, and uh, uh, after the drones the that drones. were deployed uh-huh. were the uh, the pointy pointy spheres from Phantasm. Yes, awesome. Harry was like, you know, what would be cool is that, and people were like, yeah, that would be cool, and they quick built them uh-huh. like a week ago. Yeah, yeah. So we have drone Phantasm balls, like. <laughs> bombarding people in the theater because the people driving the drones don't really know how to drive drones. <laughs> but ever gets- earlier in the night there was a call. Anybody ever like flown a drone? A drone? It seems like a reasonable question. Anybody down here? And Chris was like, I found some. We're good. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is going to end well. <laughs> All I know is if I ever have a wedding day, I want phantasm silver balls just floating around. Because now I can't imagine my Fuck special day without them. Butterflies. Yeah. I, I want phantasm I want people balls. aware. Yeah. These guys will be buzzing around. They are sharp. You can use them to open your wine, or they'll go for your forehead. So, you know, have yeah. fun, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> can we do that? But the reason they had Phantasm Balls is because the next film oh, was, yeah. Phantasm. was Phantasm. It was a brand new 4K restoration with 5.1 surround sound. Oh, the sound. Done, and this, by, done by J.J. Abrams and Company. Yes. Because <laughs> he's a huge fan. Because he's a huge fan. And so, like, Don Coscarelli was there, and uh, the guy who played the kid, yeah. Phantasm, were both there, like, hey. Hey, we have this brand new, nobody's seen this yet. They're still working on it. 
brand new 4K restoration of Fantastic. And they're like, yeah, what's really what really happened here is they're working in one spot on Star Wars, and then they take a break and come work on our movie. What the fuck? I like JJ's yeah. like, no more lunches. Um, you know what your lunch is? Phantasm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody's like, on All board. All right, fair enough. On board. On board. And my God, that I think I think this was one of my like top three yeah. of of the I turned over to Bliss and like this is gorgeous. She's it's like, beautiful. She's like, who knew Phantasm was a pretty movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie probably did not look that good when it was first released. It it, it is that that transfer, that restoration is incredible. Yeah. And and part of what they were doing, um, I think I heard this from Compone, is part of the restoration was Cascarelli got to go in there and go, can we tweak that framing a little bit so it's a little bit more, you know, centered oh, or, you know... Like, I want, I, I want it here. Yeah, and uh, so the director was actually guiding some of the oh, decisions fantastic. on the restoration. Well, like, there's that one where the one midget just comes out of the dark. Yeah. You do not see him in advance. Mm. Like, that, yeah. I feel like they made sure, like, let's keep him in the black, let's start yeah. that up back there. Because he, he materializes. <laughs> oh, like, oh, crap. And yeah. I, I've seen the movie before, and I was still like, oh, Jesus! God damn! <laughs> yeah, and the um, the beauty of some, like some of those shots in the mausoleum, yeah, where, with the lighting and the, the the framing of the characters. Oh, oh and the sound, so, the, the, the creepy sound. sound. The yeah. sound was the real triumph because when oh, it's remixed for five point one, and they're um, like there are po- points in Phantasm where the screen goes completely black yeah. and all there is is sound, and you're hearing stuff shuffling around, <laughs> yeah, all the around speakers, uh, yeah. and or. Or the um, the white room with all the barrels in it, and uh, the tuning forks, and that hum. Yeah, the hum. Oh, it just gets into your head, oh. and your skull starts vibrating. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so good. Oh, it's so Chris good. Chris had never seen it, and I'm like, yay. And at the end, I'm like, I probably should have warned you this was a kind of a mindfuck movie. Yeah. Oh, it's and straight, it gorgeous insanity. Like, yeah, there's no movie that has, like... It's just straight weirdness because it's horror, but it's kind of sci-fi, but it's psychological. It's kind of gothic-y, but it's also very much of its time. Like I don't. Plus, well, it's also like, a story it, about it, like you don't know really brotherly love. What happened? Yeah, yeah. But this is one of the one of the movies where I don't mind that. Like it's well, I, I mean, it justifies it justifies the the dreamlike quality by the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah no dreamlike quality is good. Yeah, I like yeah. that. There's, there's yeah. this beautiful because it hangs together because of that. Yeah, because the 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 plot threads. Are kind of disjointed, yeah. But it it justifies it by the end, yeah. yeah. And uh, whether or not you like the ending is a, is a different thing. But, but going back to um, oh. invading other spaces, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. part of this movie too, yeah, what? pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I loved watching Fantasy. Yeah, so you get a chance to see that restored that. version, especially on the big screen. With an audience, uh, do it, do and, it, and everybody's into it. Yeah, that oh. audience. Oh, well, going back, Eddie the Eagle. He's going into the space of professional sports, and he's not an athlete. Yeah, yeah and they don't like it. They don't like it. They don't like it, mm-hmm. and they're fighting back. Was it the Norwegians? The Norwegians. The, I yeah. mean, gentlemen, you're perfectly sculpted and all shiny in that sauna, but you're also jerks. You're kind of jerks. Yeah, <laughs> you're hot, so, but you're jerks. Phantasm was that was sort of exciting. I liked getting to see that. Oh, yeah, that was, I that was one of those. You know, in the 80s when video stores first came yep. out and they had a limited selection, so you'd pretty much rent the same movies on yep. rotation every weekend. So, like, mm-hmm. I probably saw that for a year, like, once a month for a whole weekend. Like, we'd watch it several times in a weekend, take it back on the Monday, yep. and then, like, a month later, it'd be like, well, watch apparently we're renting Phantasm yeah. again this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's my kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's my kind of weird.
So after that, uh, we're in the wee hours of the night, and I feel like Harry put this one in this position so people can nap through. <laughs> but it's uh, uh, the next movie was Angry Red Planet, which I've seen before. I I should do more homework on it and see if I can find an actual decent print of it because yeah, the, the one think... the one that we had was kind of ridden hard and put away wet, but. Um, it's it was a, very pink. It's it, it's very pink. I mean, so, I think intentionally so. I think they actually filmed it in black and white and then tinted it. Huh. But um, the this is one of like two movies that was made with the cinematic process, which um, involves like live action and hand animations put together yeah. plus solarization of the negative. And uh, the the basics of it is there's a, there's a mission to Mars and of course there's a monster on Mars. Yeah. End of plot. And, um, <laughs> well, there, there's three dudes and a lady because that's what you need when you go out into space. Yeah, it's Fantastic Four rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three dudes and a lady, <laughs> and you, you go into space and you know you get to Mars and it is a psychedelic drug trip on Mars. <laughs> and um, I since I have seen this before and it it really is kind of a slog to watch. Yeah. I mean it's it's main point is the the weird the waiting <laughs> well well oh. the, the the main point of watching it is the the okay. weird special effects process that they use yeah and um it's like and i've seen it before i'm tired <laughs> so i i slept mostly through it but i kept waking up at various points I was like, am i hallucinating this because that was fully into the point of like plant monster eating people uh, the bat spider of. crab thing yeah I, I kind of have a soft spot for that thing i don't know what's going on i'm like look at that thing oh first they come up and they slice part of it off and then they blind it screw you guys Talk about invading a place you shouldn't be in. Yeah, like exactly. that was that bat spider just, crab thing's just area. Protecting itself. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you guys are, you guys are, you guys are ah, white people are the what, worst. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> that's the name of the episode. White people, people are, are the worst. just the worst. Either that or I hate outside. <laughs> I love that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, yeah, we will get to that because that that was that was something that echoed back. Yeah, like, yeah. There often comes a point, especially now that I'm getting older in Vietnamathon, where I need to go not be surrounded by people. Yeah. Um, and so I can, you know, you take a bathroom break or whatever, but often it's like, I need to stretch my legs. I just need to be like, get some, get some clarity and stuff. And this movie, I, when Chris Jones, the Uber nerd is like, it's not good. <laughs> right. That <laughs> gives you permission to go, okay, Chris isn't in, I'm bored, I'm out. And I'm like, and I did watch like the first 10 minutes and I'm like, this is going to kill me and I want to stay awake. Yeah. Like I was feeling pretty good and I didn't want to lose my, like my mental momentum. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to step out. I didn't necessarily intend to stay out for the whole movie. That's what eventually happened. Um, So I stepped out. I went out to the lobby and like Rod Nunley was out there. We often... I think we're on the same sync pattern because we often encounter each other, like both just out there, like having that moment of like, just going to be out here for a little bit quiet. He like laid down on one of the the couches Mm -hmm. and I was on the floor, like stretching. I was moving around, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, look, there's a wampa rug over there by the tree. Did you lay down on the wampa rug? I did. (laughs) So, so then I'm like, I'm like, I took a picture of it. Then I'm like, wait. So then I laid down next to him. I'm getting selfies. With the wampa. No, I, I had been take. I often take selfies at Namathon with the people who show up. Like, oh yay, it's us! Yay, look at us! Yay! But this is when I went to a new <laughs> level. Like, it became my photo essay this yeah, year, my yeah. art project. As I'm down there with the wampa, and I'm like, 
I'm like taking the selfie with the mom. I'm like, wait, I kind of want this to look like we're having a slumber party. So look, like, and I'm, and I'm taking different shots. There's a picture. Rod took a selfie of himself with me in the background. Yeah, taking a selfie. I saw that one. It's like selfieception. And I look at his face. He's so happy with himself. Like, ah. uh. <laughs> Wendy doesn't know it, but I'm taking your picture. <laughs> and after that, I was like, oh, the mural, because they've got the great big Star Wars. So then I went up to that and I'm like posing with the different characters on the wall. And then, so then I was headed back to the theater and then I got distracted by all the different posters on the wall. And I'm like, oh, wait, like here, I'll do. There's Jack Nicholson in The Shining, and so I'm making a face at Jack Nicholson, and then there's um, there's somebody doing a kung fu, and I'm doing a little fist bump with his fist, and I just I just was like, what can I do here? And what? Oh, look, wall art, and it just became like people are walking by. And I'm like, what? What? Why wouldn't you? This is super fun. I'm making I'm, like, I'm making I'm art here. Okay, I'm making art here. Yeah, I'm making art. And so then I ended up like wandering around coming back out and then other people like this was when the exodus kind of started happening is people like got it yeah i can't handle this it's putting me to sleep yeah um it's a marathon you have to like i, I always tell people especially like when i meet new people like if you, it's better to go out for five ten minutes than like continue like n- nodding off during a whole thing or something take care of yourself like yeah. everyone has a different point where your brain's just it's too full there's nothing's mm-hmm. gonna get in there anyway so might as well go out talk to people let it out or, like, or just the Take a nap for an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. different ways you can do it. You might need to do both. So I was out there with Scott Pepper. We got Day and Burgess and, mm-hmm. and uh, Rod was out there. And we it turned into kind of a little slumber party Aww, in the lobby of the Alamo. It was super delightful. <laughs> so I didn't see that much of that movie. Yeah. It, um, it, is, it is kind of... I, I do, do like my experience of randomly waking up going, uh, is this in my brain or is this in my eyes? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I don't. I really at this Am point, I projecting? Like, oh, it's like when Jessica woke up during the Busby Berkeley spinning heads. Yeah. Are y'all seeing this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Are all y'all seeing this shit too? Uh, yeah, like that time of night where you just start questioning everything. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, after Angry Red Planet oh, put people to sleep or this, drove them out of the theater. This is one of my favorite of the night. I know. Because I'm this kind of person. Okay, we got... <laughs> okay, first of all, first of all, Tim Lee, <clears throat> this is the first time Tim yeah. Lee has not been at Butnamathon. So, Tim Lee, owner of the theater, founder of the Alamo Draft House, had to last minute go to San Francisco to help open the new draft house there. So, he, for the first time, missed Butnamathon. This was his pick. <laughs> so he inflicted upon us. Oh, he may be gone, and yet he is still there. He is still, pre- he is still there <laughs> because he gave us Ninja Busters. Oh, God. And Ninja oh, Busters God. is, oh, God, what, 1983, 1984? Yeah. I wrote it down. Oh, oh. God. Low-budget American cheese oh, ball. I think I can explain this. It was yeah. a, a bunch of friends at a dojo. Yeah. And I guess one of them had money and said, hey guys, let's make a movie and everyone gets to be in it. Everybody. Like, that's really the feel of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, this is another Miami... S- script? Yeah. Uh, just talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And improv. None of them are actors and they're awful. But, this, okay, dear listeners, if you're familiar with Miami Connection, this is like another Miami Connection, kind of in spirit, but it, it doesn't have the same spark as Miami Connection. <laughs> it's less professionalism. Yeah. <laughs> Miami Connection actually you can, you, the, the passion for it is palpable and it fails harder which makes it all the more adorable yeah. whereas this is kind of like I can't tell if this is a parody or of things in the 80s or if, 
pretty unlikable. Oh god, for I, a majority I, of the movie. I really hate when you're trying characters. to be a comedy, like Miami Connection is not trying to be a comedy, right? No, so when it's no. funny, it kind of comes from itself. When you're trying to be a comedy and you are failing, and this is trying to be a wacky comedy, yeah, it's just extra. Like you guys are eating it. You guys are eating it hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, I was there's ninjas after us. I look, look, a ninja. Look, a ninja. Those were some shitty fucking ninjas. We can all agree, right? Yeah, we can all be ninjas, apparently. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if it was being made in earnest or if we were being punked and this was a, a parody. I know. I feel like at least the Hispanic okay. dude was there in earnest. I, think I felt like he was br- trying to bring it. I, I think yeah. they were like trying to make an earnest comedy. Yeah. Like they thought, you know, those wacky partner comedies, like buddy yeah. comedies? Me, me and my buddy were hilarious. Hey, guys. Like, when we're doing practice, when we're doing kicks and stuff, we're hilarious. We're always, like, cracking each other up. We're always, like, okay, hitting on the ladies. You, well, it's the whole group of, like, you two are so funny. You're the stars. Yep. Yeah. And, oh. Yep. Oh, oh the sexism. Oh. And, oh. It's just so yeah. Oh, and, but, but, I mean, there, yeah, there really it, did, it did have the nice guy <laughs> syndrome of, oh, look, you've put enough kindness coins in, I will reward you with sex. <laughs> the thing is, I yeah. couldn't even be upset because it was so poorly done. It was like, well, this is how a script works, right? And then I, I eventually get the lady, so eventually she'll date me because she has to because that's the story, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the speech that made it clear. Oh, no, it was horrible. You, you've now deposited enough pussy coins to yeah, get your yeah. prize. But yeah. <laughs> and it was literally that. <laughs> and delivered yeah. so woodenly, like, like, I'm the only way I'm getting out of the situation. I find you embarrassing date. and awful. I couldn't take you home. I'm worried you're going to ruin my house. But, but it's clear you really like me and care about me, so I'll let you have sex. And that's the, the, the goofy kind of redneck guy who's wearing a way too tight mock turtleneck for a while. I'm like, I don't yeah. even see that guy's nipples. Dude, you're not ripped. You know this, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's not, it's not healthy. Even when he looser. becomes a black belt, he's still so awkward. Oh, God. I, uh, I, I, oh, God. I just, my favorite I move, though, was when they're having the battle in the junkyard and the ninjas, right? And the ninjas are making their retreat. And there's one ninja standing on top of a car <laughs> who does a straight up just, you know, five-year-old cartwheel on the car <laughs> then jumps down off the car ta-da ninja style would you guys like, i can do a cartwheel like, <laughs> on the car jerry's like no i kind of like it when they flip off the cars i'm like no jerry he just does a dumbass cartwheel on top of the car until finally i'm like no here look jerry i'm on the car and i do a cartwheel i'm still on the car now i'm gonna jump down ha ha and jerry's like oh jesus i missed that <laughs> all the yeah. ninjas are very much hey mom look at me look what i can do yeah, yeah. Uh, I have such it, a soft spot for this kind of, kind of film. I have I, a problem. I and I'll admit to that. I enjoyed watching the movie. I didn't enjoy the movie, but I enjoyed it because there was a whole lot of looking around and everybody has the same look on their face. What's going on? I, I feel like if it wasn't like four in the morning when I was watching okay. this and it was instead New Year's Eve and I was drunken with mm. Kelvin... I would, he and yeah. I would have roared ourselves. Sorry. Yeah, like if I could have seen this in a scenario where I could have been drinking, because yeah. I don't drink it, but Namathon, because alcohol yeah. just yeah. put me to sleep. Yeah. Like, this, this is a movie, I have a, a group at home where we like we watch like weird bad movies, right? Yeah. And our whole thing is don't watch a bad movie alone. Yeah. I'm like, this is it. Like, hey, if you want to see Ninja Busters, don't watch it alone. Yeah. Because no. you guys, it's a punishment. Watch it with a couple people, it'll be like a great night. Yeah, no, this this is a shared experience. Yeah, it and, is. One and, that it you, and one that you do talk through. You have to like, turn we and go, what not, the fuck to somebody? We weren't being rude but numathoners, but oh, there was no. definitely some side chatter. <laughs> well, you have to, that's how you have to get through it. That's how you have to process it. Well, I, I feel like if this had played at B-Fest instead of Bunnamathon, it would have just taken the house. Because at B-Fest, we can talk back at the screen. And boy, we would have been talking oh. a lot. <laughs> during, <laughs> and a lot of material. A ninja. 
Look! Oh, oh god! Oh god! Some some of the um, you know some of the choices in that script. The 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 Latino bar. Well, here's the thing is, I think the, the, that guy actually owned that bar, and that's why it's in it. Yeah, I'm sure. Or he owns a bar. Like, I'm like, hey, guys, and I, like, I own oh, a bar. And she'll come out to me, and like, I feel like she's really like... Oh, yeah. Everybody like, knew everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Can I put my niece in here? Yeah, put your niece in. I don't care. Well, you might have noticed that there were a lot of similar last names in the credits. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This was a real homegrown movie. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Homegrown. It yeah, yeah. Homegrown. You know, like a mushroom. Hey, like, you know, they made a movie, and I haven't, so I can't, like, you know what? Yeah. Heads, heads off to you. Crazy guys, yeah. you did it! Yeah. You did it! Yeah, it, it, gold star. Gold, 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 oh, gold, gold. Some of my notes. There was the random like uh, freedom black freedom fighters, as if like they're in Africa, only they're here in the states, and they're the people and power to the people, and the people rise up, yeah. and they're wearing <laughs> leopard print pajamas yes. as if they yes. are fatigued. Yes, that's their camo. They, they couldn't find camo, so they used leopard print. <gasps> oh, it's the best! Oh, oh no! We got some trained killers after us. That was one of the lines. We got some trained killers after us. I also love that, okay, the the two yokels who uh, guide us into the movie are are two lead characters. (laughs) Um, The movie opens with the um, uh, two bad... Dude, like bad dude hiring ninjas from woman. It, it started bad a little plot like, like hey, yeah. here's a plot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and so they set up the the little criminal syndicate and the ninja thing, and then we follow the the two yokels through their <laughs> plot line, and they get beaten up in a restaurant, <laughs> and then they go, oh, let's go train to actually use martial no. arts because oh, women look at are the there. Hot, look at the <laughs> hot chicks. Let's go in and watch. Yeah. Did you want to join our club? Yeah, hot chicks. Oh, I guess we're going to learn martial arts. Yeah. And so oh, God. three years progress. Three years. And they learn martial arts. They and then the other plot line progresses. <laughs> Comes back in. So great. Uh, I'm falling back oh. in love with this film. Yeah. <laughs> Remember me? Chick from Vietnam. Oh, God. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, he says it. It, knock, knock, knock. Yeah? Remember me? Chick from Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Random oh, Vietnam guy. I was in Nam, man. Oh, <laughs> so fast. Because wow. I could shoot him. Because I could shoot him in the bouncer. Yeah. Oh, I love the bouncer. And make him know that his butt got kicked. Yeah. Is, in a speech that is four times as long as it needs to be. It, it sort of keeps winding around. Like, you could tell that there is a line that he exits, and he's sort of on the roundabout waiting for that line to come up come again. Come back around. So he can get out again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my favorite was the, the very heavily accented Latino man. He's been a strangled. He's been a strangled. You know what? This is so delightful. This is very much a a melting pot of a movie, though. This movie's America. Yeah, everyone everyone can act crappy in this film together. (laughs) The random just whatever happened to your wife? Oh, is this important? (gasps) It's just something we're gonna talk about. The Kurosawa moment where we got the flashback in the snow, which looked like shredded plastic bags. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I keep saying everything's the best. It's all the best. It's it, all the best. Yeah, so. just like a, a moment. Uh, <laughs> we'll have this cinematic moment. It'll be like this. <gasps> what happened there? So, yeah, that happened. I, I, I feel like I need to bring Ninja Busters to <laughs> B-Fest like a conquering hero. It's like, I have brought this <laughs> pelt to you as an offering to B-Fest. <laughs> have, have at it as you will. <laughs> so, uh, second to last film, Harry pulls out a classic because, as he put it, he just wants to watch the actors from this movie on the screen with his favorite people. 
because mm-hmm. he thinks she's beautiful. And it's Logan's run, and I forget the actress's name now. Jenny Agadir. Yeah. yeah, and she is beautiful. But yeah, she's can't she's argue fantastic. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a solid, great film. The problem is that pretty much everybody in that it. theater yeah. has seen it repeatedly. Repeatedly. Yeah, I I have seen it three times this year alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This and, is your year I, of Logan Run. I went. I like Logan's Run. This would be my fourth time seeing it this year. I'm going to fuck off and sleep. Um, I, uh, as it turns out, Elijah Wood had never seen it, so he yeah. got to see it in the oh, best possible circumstances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, but he was like, yeah, third act uh, drags. Yeah. Oh, yes, it does. does. I actually took a break. Like, I actually powered through it pretty well. I took a break in the middle to go take care of personal business. Um, but part of what prompted it was I was sitting there and I'm like, did this play at Butnamathon 1? I'm having sense memory of this playing at Butnamathon 1, and yet I know Harry wouldn't repeat. Right. Why am I having this sense memory? Uh-uh. So I went out to the bathroom, and while I was out uh, out of the theater, I checked. In the exact same slot, in the second-to-last slot at Butnamathon 1, he played Tron. Ah. And I'm like... I can see that. Pretty much the same thing. A little echo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jump yeah. seats. Like, that's, yeah. that's why. Pacing. Yeah, pacing, pacing and sci-fi, and I've seen this movie. I'm excited to see it on the big screen. Oh wait, this is slow. Yeah. yeah. So um, I didn't doze off. I actually kind of skipped the second act and came back in in the third. And by having had some refresher, I could power through yeah. the third. Plus, I, I, I like it's Peter Easton off in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, he's kind of like delight. Like like he does that the old man shtick, and I'm like, oh okay. Like anytime he's on on screen, I can. And, yeah, I sure. smile. Like, so oh, you're when, adorable. Um, <laughs> when Logan and Jessica finally get outside and they're outdoors and outside for the first time in their lives, <laughs> yeah. and the sun is so bright, but it feels warm, and they're walking, and there comes a point where she, and it's legitimate. It is yeah. a great character moment, yeah. <laughs> and her delivery is spot on. She's like, I don't like it here. Everything's hard, and I hurt all over. I hate outside. <laughs> like, I feel this discovery moment. Yeah. I hate outside. <laughs> I'm an indoor kid. I'm going back. And it echoed, like that, her <laughs> saying that echoed through but Butnamathon. Heck yeah, like, man. Like back to Southern Comfort. <laughs> forward to the final movie. And forward to the yeah. final yeah. movie. <laughs> through the outside. Butnamathon 17. I hate outside. Yeah. <laughs> outside sucks. That's my general life motto before this VNAT. Right. I don't know, man. I'm very suspicious of the outdoor. <laughs> I feel like this button Amazon was telling you, don't go outside. It's, it's, it's not the, worth it, man. You are a cinephile yeah. for a reason. That's right. You have a delicate constitution. <laughs> you have a <delicate> constitution. <laughs> oh, my. You would just be soft and meaty for that. Yeah, band. all this like, the hell, that would happen to me. And I can't even run as fast as these dudes. So... <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of um, guessing what, because we knew the last film was going to be a, uh, a preview. A lot of guessing what it was going to be called correctly. I was a little like, I feel like you're right. That's what it's going to be. But I no, am I, concerned that it might tonally be too dark or too slow. For the for end. Closer, and, but, and it wasn't. Um, and, but I, I, it, it I delivered. I landed, I land, once I heard that Capone was doing the Q&A beforehand, it's like, I know what this movie is going to be. I, that's I was sort of like I yeah. feel like because Capone he, usually he gets called in to do the intros and Q and As on the art house films. There's an Inyaritu uh, movie coming up, and it's The Revenant. Therefore, we're getting The Revenant, and we did. So yeah, yeah. And I, I'm Holy glad. Crap, man, I liked the movie. Yeah, I am glad I got to see it with that audience. Oh yeah, because as always, it's a modifier of awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I would have enjoyed it in the theater, but it's. There, there, it, there. I have some problems with the film, 
nothing that takes away anything. Yeah. Like, my problems are my problems with the right. film. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, no, they're not intrinsic my, in the my world. personal taste yeah. of what of movies like so getting to see it with Butnamathon is like yay I got to see it and I got to really love seeing yeah. it you just know like every everybody in that audience is fully engaged mm-hmm. yeah you know I mean that's just not generally going to happen in a theater and it, you know it just it just isn't that's not how things that people go to movies for different reasons all, in, in we're all going way, for the same even one. when they leave or fall asleep they're fully engaged because huh. they have made that choice and yeah. they're not just sitting there going god they're like I have to I'm sorry guys I'm leaving you for a couple minutes I will be back <laughs> save, yeah. save my mental place yeah so the revenant plays and uh will Poulter is there um at, at one of, one of the Q. supporting stars. Yeah, one of the supporting stars. He he does a little Q and A before the movie. Nothing terribly revealing about the film, except for the the fact that um, they, what, if if you have seen the trailer yet, people, you know that this movie relies heavily on being filmed outdoors and in the weather, and because it, it is set during the. It's not. It's not a the, set. It is location. It, it is location, and when they're filming weather, it's because that weather was there. Yeah. And they, they there are no fake snowflakes in this movie. There are no fake. Yeah, and Will Poulter was telling us that every single flake of snow you see is a real flake of snow. <laughs> so um, they they were pulling a Kurosawa. They were waiting for the weather that they need, and they're filming, and they're waiting for the the time of the, the right time, time of, day. of day for that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, intense, intense. It's very theatrical yeah. in its constructs, too. Yeah. So, uh, dear listeners, if you're unfamiliar with this film, it is a story, uh, a true story, of a gentleman named Glass, Hugh, Hugh Glass, who was a trapper who basically went out with a small team and went away from the crowd, got mauled by a bear, and... The two people were left behind to tend to him after he died, and while well, the rest he, of the he's not going went, to make it. We can't take yeah. him with us. He is going to die. There's no way he's going to pull through. I will give you a bonus to stay here with him and ease his passing and take care of and treat him with respect after he yeah. is gone. And the rest of the group forged on because winter's coming, and yeah. they need to get the fuck out of there. So um, the the two people left behind basically just left him for dead. And he, he muscled his yeah. way out. This is all you, in the trailer, so there's no yeah, spoiler. Yeah, yeah, no. And he doesn't die. Nope. Yeah, yeah. He he Man. literally scrapes and claws <laughs> and crawls his way back to wherever he needs to go. Revenant and, is a very apt title. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. And it's all Leonardo DiCaprio pulling through this amazing performance. And he really is a great actor. He's he is fantastic. He, I, you can't take his eyes off him. Yeah. And, um... It's Tom it is Hardy still doesn't really like click for me. I you know what I like Tom Hardy's performance. It, oh, it's I very. He, this is me. This yeah, is my yeah. problems with Tom Hardy. I can see he's a craftsman, and I can see right. that he he's a performer. There is something about Tom Hardy that slides off. Me. Oh, you're, you're well, waiting for the key. Like I think we all have moments like the key turning in the door, and that's a like a uh, an actor in a right role. Well, yeah. and that's so personal that you know sometimes it doesn't happen. Other times you're like I don't get that. Oh. Oh, now I get him. He keeps well, being in movies I like, and yet him in them is just sort of something that I kind of, kind of put up with. I, like don't, he, I don't think like he's not bad, but he doesn't bring anything to the movie that is intrinsic to the fact that he was like somebody else could have done what he did. Have in you that seen Bronson's? 
No. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I feel like Tom, I feel like Tom Hardy is not a movie star and they're trying to make him into a movie star. Oh, he's a character. He's, he's a character. Yeah. Oh my god, that's all he wants. Yeah, see, yeah. and I agree with you. That's what I agree with. Like, he's not a charismatic put him on screen, you can't help but watch him. He's a put this man in the right role and he can deliver the goods for you. Right. But they keep putting him in roles where I'm like, what he did there, like any other quality actor could have done, there was nothing there that was Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in yeah. the same way, like you know, like uh, Taron in in Eddie, like yeah. somebody else doing that role wouldn't have done it like that. I always felt like, that way about uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah, I'm like he wants to be a character actor. Yeah, he wants to be though. He's he's like just stop putting me like you can kind of see it in his face. Like I want to have like makeup. I yeah. want to be somebody. Something like in Bruges where he gets to be like a character. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, yeah, he can act. He can break your heart. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, I would feel sad for the people who are like, just let him be a character actor. A breakthrough actor. moment for Brad Pitt for me was uh, 12 Monkeys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a character a, role. He's Absolutely. a character actor. He's a character actor who's stuck in a gorgeous man's body. Yeah. <laughs> Look, guys, we got to help Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> he's too pretty. we got to stop him. Yeah, he's figured it out. I, I feel yeah. like Brad Pitt has figured it <laughs> he's out. Figured he's figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, Revenant. Oh, guys. I love it's Revenant. It's long. It is deliberate. But it is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And Brutal is the visceral. Yeah, it's visceral. I, I, oh. th- there is a fight in that movie th- that may be the most brutal fight Oof. I've ever seen on film, and it's a, it's all the way it's filmed. Um, the the um, Will what's his nose who was uh, the guy giving the Coulter? Will Coulter uh, was saying that the uh, cinematographer was using a fourteen millimeter lens to shoot pretty much everything, which kind of gives it this walleye look. Mm. Um, and if if you go. Wide angle, dear listener, if you're not familiar with cameras, um, wide angle lenses tend to exaggerate distances and they kind of warp the the perspective at the edges of the lens a little bit. So there's a little bit of a thrown off aesthetic to it. It kind of deliberately like mm-hmm. you're you're not quite in a safe space. Yeah, it's it, a little it, warped. It and, visually puts you in that character space. Yeah. And and when you're seeing it through their bubble. Yeah. And when they go in for <laughs> the Caprio bubble. When they go in for a um a close up, literally you just about have to put that lens up Leonardo DiCaprio's nose to get a close up. <laughs> and there are there are points where, you know, there's snow falling, it's cold and Literally, you're getting fog off the actor's breath yeah. on the lens. That and was a it's, great moment. Yeah. And th- there's something really visceral to how it's filmed, and the camera is just part of the environment. You're in the, there. The cinematography is amazing. Oh, Long it's, shots. It's just breathtaking. Like, you know how I bitched about the assassin mm-hmm. of a whole lot of pretty scenery, but the pacing is glacial? I didn't mind. Like, this is good establishing cinematic. Yeah. shots like yeah. that are putting you in the place and putting you in the mood and putting you in the energy space of what is happening and i never was annoyed with the establishing mm-hmm. cinema well yeah it, this is an intense movie but it has space to breathe yeah. um there it's it's not like intense and fast 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 it is you are in an environment and it's taking time to show you and envelop you in this very isolated world yeah, yeah it's this okay. is endurance. it's like all the like the action is brutal, but the the landscape is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like they're both existing at the exact same time on that screen. Yeah. It's and, like and yeah. there are very clearly deliberately moments of it is beautiful around you. Yeah. 
and you're you are dying. Yeah, you're dying, yeah. but and like then, sure is pretty. And you are you are a fleck in this yeah. giant. Nature space. don't care. There is this one shot of Leonardo DiCaprio walking across a snowfield in between two, oh. two mountain ranges, and it is. Um, this is like Lawrence of Arabia sort of shot, where he is a few pixels in the middle of yeah. the screen, and the rest is just the world around him. And it, it is it's, just bleak. And it's so important to yeah. show him how isolated. Yeah. How isolated he is in that film. Oh, my God. Um, one thing I want to address, because it was on the internet. Okay. <laughs> no, he does not get raped by the bear, people. Do you not know what happens when a bear attacks you? Okay, first off, it's a safety mama bear. lesson. Yeah. You will learn some important survival tips yeah. in this oh, movie. Oh, you will. Yeah. It's educational. It's like uh, when you fall in a river and there are rapids you point your toes downstream people mm-hmm. he does i was very mm-hmm. pleased to note like of course he would because he's a trapper and yeah. he's a woodsman yeah um and, and i've done it myself it hurts like a son of a like there's a point because he's got a wound that's bleeding Ugh. and he takes because it's a period piece he takes his gunpowder and packs the wound and uh-huh. melissa and i are sitting next to each other oh, and shit. we could hear other people in the crowd going like oh and melissa and i are like Yep. yep. <laughs> That's how you do it. Oh, I love that scene though. There cuz he he's mauled so badly. Like uh there's a gash in his throat and um the the camp doctor basically sews him up best as they can. Yeah. But after he gets left for dead, he's trying to drink water and you can see it seeping out oh. <laughs> of the throat wound and, and I'm going Oh, yeah, that's And then the good. next scene is, he's got to do something about he's that. got to do something about that. <laughs> and he does. Um, but one of the things that you need to know, I read, there's a short story. I should put the, we should, I shall, I'll find the title and we'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. There is a, um, an essay that somebody wrote about their real life experience of getting mauled by a bear. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was a really upsetting story to read because she's a really good writer and describing it mm. is just horrifying. She, and the bear attack she suffered was very much an anomaly. Like the bear didn't act how bears normally do right. because, and this is how I learned the survival tip of when a bear attacks, you know, not everybody knows not to run. The bear will out shape. Will yeah, outrun yeah. you. Yeah. Play dead. Play dead. The yeah. bear just wants to establish that you're not a threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Leonardo DiCaprio plays dead, but he also knows that bear is going to keep coming back. And if he wants to get away, he's in the bear's territory. So he has to, he has to deal with the bear, even though he's already been mauled. Well, when a, so when he's on his stomach, because you want your innards away from the bear, like Mm -hmm. if you're going to get clawed and mauled by a bear, you'd rather be your back than your front. (laughs) FYI. So (laughs) the bear is bouncing on him to establish you're dead, right? Yeah. And apparently the internet's like, he got raped by a bear. Oh, God. Um, BT Dubs, female bear. Yeah. Yeah. BT Dubs, he's still got his pants on. And that's not what bears do, you (laughs) goddamn American idiots. Yuck. Oh god, there's gonna be Jesus. some. There's yeah. gonna be some real bad fanfic. Yeah, there, there, there's a comic. The slash fiction just it's writes itself. It's slash slash fic. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm, not, I'm not proud of it. But had to be said. Okay, I'm a monster. Bears are terrifying, though. Oh god. Um, and, and, what, uh, and a lot of the movie is also about the space that they're inhabiting is Indian. Oh, yes. It's a Native American And, and once again, we're back to that theme of the invading yep. white dudes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, oh, when you find out that those 
French fuckers were French fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not spoiler to go. Like it makes you mafuni. It's like, but I, I, I really, there's a just dazzling opening sequence that is a re-Indian basically invasion of a camp of a French camp. And that stuff is just, it's terrifying. Yeah. You've never seen a uh, Native American attack like that before. Not filmed like that before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Saving Private Ryan for, you know, the French and Indian Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because you're yeah. in it, there's a there's an arrow whizzing by and the speed of it, and you can feel the thunk as yeah. it hits. And, and it's like, oh. visceral. Like, you, yeah. you feel every hit. And it's all filmed in long, long yeah. takes, and it, I, it must have been and, just and a... really, yeah, like, painful. I really appreciate that for so much action... I could follow what was happening oh, because yeah. I never got lost in like where all the pieces yeah, are. So often, absolutely. like frenetic editing will often also take you to the point where you're like, well, it certainly is exciting, but I have no idea what's <laughs> happening. Who's yeah, where what? <laughs> it, it, it's not shaky cam. It, it is that, that it glides. That is a gliding camera and it's just letting you just swoop through oh, the yeah, action. Whoever did that camera work. Yeah, good job, you. Well, it's the, it's the same dude who did Birdman. Mm. Well, I'm talking about the actual physical camera operator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that steady that, camera. That's not, I, that can't have been, like, wired. That had to be somebody with a steady camera running running through all that. Yeah, for a lot of it, I'm sure. <laughs> this picture in my head, like a, an overview. All right, go this, going down, going like, up, that guy. When they get drone technology, like, really hot, really established, like, imagine mm-hmm. what that's going to do for, mm-hmm. for cameramen who are just going to be like, I'm going to put you there. Yeah, this, camera, really this camera's really going everywhere. <laughs> like, and, and, like, there's going to be the dude sitting around with a beer like, I remember back in the day when I had to run with a camera strapped to my body. Yeah. You people don't know how I was, you got it. I was the camera. I was the camera the camera was me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Right. i mean we've all seen like the the steadicam rigs those, right. there's mother Those oh, are they're crazy heavy. man and, but they're so powerful looking they look so with like to be camera operator must just feel like a visceral sort of like this is what i do i am the eye no one sees anything without me. I take the me. camera this way. Oh, our <laughs> new superhero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that was Butt-Namathon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be careful of the outdoors, people. Don't yeah. trust it. And carefully the outdoors and don't fuck around with somebody in somebody else's space. Yeah. yeah. There's ninjas yeah. and bears everywhere. Yeah. Respect the others. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you're, you're going to yeah. turn into Leonardo DiCaprio and have no skin on your back. Oh, oh man! <laughs> Just like the real guy. Yeah, like uh, when we were sort of fascinated because knowing they were out in weather, like the prosthetics, like how were they to keep those on and made up properly yep. in the cold with the but then the sweating that happens when you're exerting yourself, then the wet because mm-hmm. he's in the water a Ooh. lot. Yeah, Leo, it's just easier if we maul you. Like, listen, you don't want to have to wake up a couple hours early. I or I it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> don't DiCaprio, try to be yeah. DiCaprio does method. Exactly. Well. I Come mean, on, man. Just put him through a meat grinder. He'll be good. That's right. He asked for it. It was weird. He's like, can you maul me? I would like a little bit of mauling to get a little bit of sense memory on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just research. A, a, a polite maul. Like, it's uh, almost well, crazy. Well, Will Poulter said that part of the research, he's like, it was kind of fun that for a movie that's you know, set back in an older era that the research becomes a little bit more 
Difficult. old school. Yeah, like there's no video. It, it's about having a conversation with a with a historian. It's about yeah. reading a book. Mm-hmm. It's about like having to go actually learn how to fire a musket. Yeah. Yeah. They're all like, yeah. yeah. The after being it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a good one. I mean, yeah. it, was, um, it was a very vintage heavy year. I mean, yeah. we have a lot that, more vintage than usual. That that lends its own vibe to it, mm. which yeah. is a, ends up being a quieter vibe. Not just, there's something about a sneak that you, you're, and it just might even just be the modern movie making the, the pace, the style is just. Yeah. yeah. It, it brings a, it up a little bit. Yeah. And I miss the days when we used to get a lot of foreign films. Yeah. I was like telling somebody premieres. like that. Yeah. Like not, not foreign classics. Cause you know, like I love it when we get like crippled Avengers or a Shaw brothers or anything well, like yeah. that. But like, Oh boy. Um, Bach. Or, or Nest of Wasps or, or B13. B13. All that stuff. I miss those. I mean, the stuff that had a real fantastic fest vibe. Like, this is something that's happening right now. Yeah. You should know that this is also happening in the world and it's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, there was a good one. Oh. And um, so I miss those. I'm, but um, it's been a while since we've had like because there were years where we had more than one foreign, and it's yeah. really been a while. Yeah, I mean, technically the Fox one was in French, but I want that current foreign. <laughs> right, right. I still lump that in the into vintage. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if something like the wave had not yet hit the festival circuit, like the wave would have. Played. Oh, the wave would play, but the wave would have been fantastic at Budnam. But you know, and the devil's candy. Would devil's kill. candy would have. When just he's like, "I'm going to play something from Fantastic Fest," I looked at Melissa and we're flipping through her head like, devil's "I candy." Like, if, oh my god, Lies of the Fox Fairy would play. Love and Peace would still play. Oh my god, Devil's Candy would rock the fucking house. <laughs> and then we're like, "No, Lisa. Oh yeah, that's good. No, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> no, I'll enjoy watching this." But yeah. <laughs> part of us is like wanting to like devil's candy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, dear listeners, um, we've been recording a long time. We need some pizza. Yeah. Pizza. Yeah, so. Pizza and alcohol. You're driving. Pizza and alcohol. I'm driving. <laughs> Let's do this. You got beer during Badnamathon. It's my turn. Yeah, it's your yeah, turn. You it's drink your beer turn. during Badnamathon. I'm so impressed with that. Like, no judgment. It's, it's like. It's become, it's become it's tradition hardcore. now. Jerry and I split a, a sixer of beer during Badnamathon. And early on. <laughs> Because so I am now regularly going into Butnamathon a little bit sleep deprived because I'm usually too excited. Yeah, yeah. Really, absolutely. It's ugh. but uh, so well, yeah. It, it was good. It was good. Drinking beer during uh, Eddie the Eagle was the right choice. Oh and, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, we will join you next week when we have other things to talk about. I can't remember what we're going to talk about <laughs> next week, but hey, here we are at Butnamathon. We're going to go eat some pizza and Woo. stuff. Um, please find some delightful movies. Yeah. To- yeah. Go see some films. Yeah. I'm really sleep deprived. I don't know what words are coming out of my mouth yeah. right now. So, hey, so that's been, that's been, I've been Melissa and this has been Wendy and we've been joined by our special BNAC correspondent, Megan. Yay. Yay! We got it right the first time. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. Woo! Thanks listeners. Thank you. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Thank you.
Jerry was like, I want a bucket full of like 64 garter snakes. And like Jer- <laughs> Jeremy and I were like, do you want like to put like little like tiny little vests on it? Like little tiny little tubes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> these these are my service animals. <laughs> I'm my sorry. Snakes. I've lost two or three of my service snakes. Yeah. <laughs>